segue. There was some sh- there was some show on like Netflix or something where it was meant to go up and it didn't, and all these people were complaining about it. Love is blind. It. The like, finale. Yeah, because like, then, then, like, then because it was live and Netflix is like, oh yeah, we've always been things. the on-demand oh, people and we'll play this live, and the Netflix stuff couldn't handle it, and so everyone was like, cool. Because everyone was making. Everyone was making comparisons like, ah, oh, now, you know, you know how all us MMO players feel on patch day or whatever. Like, and I'm yeah. like why are people making this joke? I don't get it. But now I understand yeah. Netflix trying to live stream a piece of content. I can definitely see how that would fuck their servers. And then everyone would complain and liken it to like a Diablo patch or whatever. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense to me mm-hmm. now. So yeah. it's really hard to be live. That's why this podcast is pre-recorded every other week. <laughs> Welcome to the Friends Per Second podcast. This is episode oh, number that. 20. Can you believe Damn, it man, or not? that was the what was like an that industry. That, that, that segue was like put in that, that incredible. sweat. Thank you. That's I the best I got this week. Coming. After this, it's all downhill. Uh, but this is this is the every other week podcast where four of us gather to chat about video games, what we're playing, uh, the recent news and stuff like that. Uh, big thanks to you guys who are watching either on this YouTube video version or the podcast version. And shout out to those of you who have uh, also reviewed the podcast like left five stars and yes. wrote something very nice very i was just going through them and it's nice that most people are nice it's good to see thank you friends thank you users <laughs> we got a lot to talk about but this is a stacked week guys we have uh oh, yeah. what do we have we have zelda tears of the kingdom we have yeah. star wars jedi survivor we have mm-hmm. xbox things dead island so uh let's just jump right into it what do you guys say Let's do it. Ain't Let's nothing to it. it but to do it. Or should I intro you guys? Does every people know who you are now, right? I'm Gerard. Are. That's it's Lucy. Fun. That's Shake. That's Ralph. Welcome to FBS, baby. Boom, done. Did it. <laughs> <laughs> Episode twenty. You've had you had nineteen to catch up. Let's go. Deli- delivered it's... with the energy of the the school teacher who showed up late and threw down the test. He's like, "Come on, we have to take a test today. Hope Come you on, study. Let's time. go. Quiz time. We have five minutes. Let's go." So uh, the the first thing, the biggest thing, of course, is the Xbox Activision Blizzard news. Uh, The most recent thing is that the CMA has seemingly announced that they are blocking the deal. So the UK regular body, the Competition and Markets Authority, CMA, who, side note, I, re- I think it's the Country Music Awards. We have something in the United States called the Country oh. Music Awards. I've never listened to a lick of country in my life, but that is a thing, and that's what my brain goes to. That's cool. That's Sorry. Cool. But they have blocked Microsoft's proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard. They have reviewed the purchase over several months. We've talked about it in the news a million times. Uh, and their disapproval of the deal oddly came down to the sway uh, Microsoft would have in the world of cloud gaming through services mm. like Xbox Game Pass, where AAA and indie titles alike can be played on mobile. This is where I think it's kind of interesting because I didn't think it would come down to cloud gaming. Mm. And uh, is it like, is cloud gaming more of a big deal than I realize? Or is this just kind of like, <laughs> the random thing that they're reaching for that Jake, don't you understand? Everyone needs to equally fail at cloud gaming together, okay? (laughs) We need every company to make their own cloud streaming service to make our consumers use it and then not work at all. We need that equal opportunity, Jake. (laughs) That's true. Uh, Like, I mean, I, you know, obviously, we, we here don't really know 
what's going on up there, right? And I think we just have our own kind of perspectives mm. and what we read. And I think we need to like acknowledge our own, you know, dumbass ignorance because when it comes to the world of business, yes. we don't really know much. But not a lawyer. my understanding, yeah, we're not lawyers, we're not whatever, right? My understanding is that the CMA are pretty serious about the cloud thing. It's not like a fig leaf because they've got some kind of ideological grudge against Microsoft. Cloud gaming is pretty important in the longer term like right now we look at cloud gaming and we're like that's dumb that's shit we laugh at stadia and and whatever else we're like that's not a big thing but the way cma positions it it's like it's an emerging technology that could have a transformative impact on the world of video games and i think they're right in many aspects because ultimately i'd be very surprised if a huge section of the gaming of of like video games in the future didn't live in the cloud in some way right like it's just it's natural that that makes a lot of sense if you can do away with hardware and and focus on cloud i know a lot of people don't like that i agree i prefer local hardware as well but i think it's definitely a big thing for the future the cma agree and because microsoft is already so entrenched in that area particularly around with the azure infrastructure right they've got this massive infrastructure already set up that's kind of industry leading that is heavyweight yeah it was also like from and the so, earnings earlier this week, Azure and all the cloud stuff like overperformed. They, I pulled yes. it up on Yahoo because I was like, I, I remember, I wanted to remember the deals, but like expectations of twenty one point nine billion, and it actually brought in twenty two point one billion, which is yeah, right, not right, right, a small amount. Yeah. So then the CMA are basically like, if you get my, if Microsoft gets hold of these massive IPs and makes them exclusive to their ecosystems, then it's going to stop other cloud technologies from emerging because you know whoever else decides to spin up their thing amazon nvidia whatever they won't be able to put call of duty on there or world of warcraft and whatever and so that would therefore stifle the development of those cloud technologies and allow microsoft to entrench its monopoly further so whether or not you agree with that again i don't know like i think logically that makes a lot of sense i get it but i also understand how people can look at that now and think that's not a thing that's not something we should be worried about. Microsoft should be allowed to buy this company if they choose. Uh, I get that as well. I do. Yeah, I'm. You know, again, I, uh, the joke I made before is a joke. In case everyone didn't get that context, <laughs> but um, I, I, I'm not the kind of person that I'm not. People will say I am Nintendo enthusiast and loyalist, but honestly, at this point, I'm I'm loyal to no brainer company. Um, I I I feel like Xbox since they've been acquiring these companies and have been. Um, trying to consolidate all of their chips into one pile that is Game Pass and and you know Xbox Cloud and whatnot. I, I I don't I feel like they're not trying to necessarily prohibit a platform from not having a game um, outside of of maybe something that they're working on with Bethesda, right? I feel like for the most part they want Call of Duty on PlayStation, they want Call of Duty on streaming services or Diablo, whatever it is. At least at this point, like to me, it feels like. And I'm not trying to defend Microsoft. I could care less. They they haven't really given us the public, at least, like any indication that that's what they're trying to do on the on a large scale. And that's why you have things like amendments and and hearings and the ability to introduce new legislation. Because if something like that does happen, then we can amend it. But outside of that, like I, the CMA, like, do they have this authority to do this? I don't know. Like, obviously, they're saying the headline is they're blocking the Microsoft Activision uh, acquisition, but can they can they do that in the UK? Is that a thing that they can just go and no, yeah. after already going through the the general process with with the UK government? 
Uh, well, I, I think no this is ultimately the process of the UK government. Like, this is it. Uh, and does this have the capacity to scuttle the whole deal? Yes, it does. Um, obviously, Microsoft have already said that they will uh, appeal. And that appeal, I did read in one piece of coverage that that appeal could potentially take years uh, as different approaches to it are taken and different th things are argued. It's not, don't imagine that this is going to be resolved inside of like four weeks. Uh, it's that kind of thing that could stretch on for a long, long time. And even maybe parts of the deal are greenlit versus other parts would lag behind, um, etc. So, uh, yeah, long story short, absolutely the UK can can block this uh, if, if the CMA ruling stands. I, I just pulled it up off of uh, the website. Um, and yeah, I didn't I didn't realize this, but apparently monthly active users in the UK uh, for cloud gaming tripled at the start of 2021 to the end of 2022. So mm, it seems no. like the UK is all in on on cloud on cloud well, streaming. So that that I would imagine that does make the, sense. I would imagine that that's actually just a really small number that's growing fast because it's very small, right? Um, sure, I guess that's true, right? Yeah, but it's being it's being stood up. Like GeForce Now, for example, is a thing. Amazon Luna is a thing, you know, yeah. and there's other platforms as well. And yeah, they're 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 growing. They're getting better. It's it's a it's but, but as I said, it is that potential in the longer term for many people to play all sorts of games on cloud and not have to worry about hardware at all. That makes a lot of sense logically, and I can see why the CMA are quite hung up on this. Mm. Uh, but at the same time, this was a really big surprise. Like I think everyone, every industry pundit etc was like yeah this deal will go through i think the only skeptics were actually wall street who were pricing um you know activision blizzard shares at a discount versus microsoft's offer because they were like nah we don't think this is going to go through microsoft was offering 95 dollars a share and it was trading at 75 dollars a share at the time that the cma announcement happened so the market did not believe that this deal was a sure thing even if every pundit was sort of like yeah yeah it's a lock so this definitely caught quite a few people off guard um I think it really, like, really caps off a pretty shitty week for Microsoft in many aspects because yeah. there was also the reveal earlier that they're not doing as well as they would have liked and basically like yeah, year on year revenue is kind of down. Console hardware sales were down 30%. Was that right? Is that the number? Yeah, 30% despite being readily available on shelves now was a very that's, big surprise. That's a, that's a bummer because I know like PS5 just announced, Sony just announced that the PS5 has sold more units than the PS4 has or did at the same time in its life cycle. Oh. And that is... Massive. Is that not right, Lucy? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I was shaking right. my head as in yeah. like, damn. Yeah. And so, and that is give, and that is even given the huge supply constraints that the PS5 has had. It's still managing to outsell the PS4 and it shows obviously that the overall gaming segment has grown, but it also shows just how unbelievably popular the ps5 is because you couldn't even buy one for ages and it's yep. still outselling the ps4 in terms of um you know comparison um versus you know that 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 launch period so um yeah man i don't know like it's 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 pretty it's pretty rough do you guys think mike we haven't really i don't know if we've actually talked about this do you guys think microsoft should buy activision blizzard do you, do you like support the deal uh <laughs> i'm not like smart some but it just feels not <laughs> great for like one thing to control everything, everything. that's like my very yeah, base yeah. level thought mm. um yeah I, I i don't know and i really do feel like at this point too it is going to end up being this weird 
news, like gaming news cold war for a while because like you said, the appeals process and knowing yeah. anything about courts, appeals processes drag things out forever. Uh, and then the fact that uh, U.S. regulatory bodies are also not super keen on some of it. They've already made announcements too uh, about like int intent to file lawsuits and stuff like that against it. So yeah, it's looking kind of weird. It, it's mm. definitely... It's definitely something. Yeah. I mean, I always... I love Game Pass as a service, for sure, but yep. it does feel weird to have one company monopolize everything. It, and, I mean, well, they're, they're all trying it, though. Like, everyone's trying it. At Disney. Like, I mean, like, Disney, all that. <laughs> yeah, PlayStation yeah. are trying it. Like, they bought Bungie, for God's sake. They bought Insomniac. They're sure. obviously going to buy more. It just does feel... It feels very strange, and like I think I think gaming news Cold War is the perfect way to kind of describe mm -hmm. it because Thank this you. has been dragging on for a year, and now there's no end in sight. Like Microsoft is gonna have to pay the three bill if it doesn't go through. Yeah. Activision Blizzard's gonna have to pay the two point whatever bill if that doesn't go through from their side. It's just gonna drag on and on. We're gonna get more. I don't know. It's just going to be, I think, a really frustrating, not frustrating, but just like this new story that never ends, that we're just going to keep living <laughs> yeah. through. And then eventually it'll happen and it'll either be a great thing or a bad thing or it won't impact anyone. It's been killing me because it's uh, it's just like an unsexy, unexciting story. So like when I talk <laughs> yeah. about it on the Friday show on Game Ranks, I'm like, me they too. said this today. Yeah. I'm still not smart enough to tell you what that means. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand business. Yeah. That's so true. No, I, I talk about it on my new show as well, and I'm like, oh, I guess we should do some activism Blizzard news now. <laughs> you know? Jim is obviously popping champagne bottles right now because he has lobbied very hard to stop this deal. And everyone's like, oh, you know, you know, Jim had nothing to do with this because he was all about Call of Duty. It's like Jim was not just out there hang, like banging on about Call of Duty. He was obviously going to yeah. be talking about Cloud as well, especially could if he could have smelt some blood, which he was, which he did, I should say. So, like, obviously his lobbying would have been instrumental in um in in blocking in getting this this result uh and yeah i mean like i mean that's that's a pretty big that's a pretty big win for him if this happens and he's able to stop this like that's huge for playstation and um yeah man like that's that's this is like a stone cold killer man just like stopping a deal this big like if a he can, shark he <laughs> really like for real though like that's that's some that's some serious business right there and um again i don't have i mean personally i don't care either way if this deal happens i see some pros because yeah i think having college d on game pass is cool and also i think you know the work culture stuff at activision blizzard microsoft has a better mm. work culture it is believed it is broadly understood and if they can bring that to that business that's great getting bobby kotick out that would be fantastic love that uh, but at the same time yeah industry consolidation is not great and it would suck to see every company get owned by another company but let's be real like if this doesn't happen here then you know tencent will buy them in five years time or whatever like, embrace it's inevitable it's it's just, nice. it's just how it's gonna go you know so it's, um it's been happening for decades is the truth we just sure. it's just the difference is that no one cared as much right like yeah. you think about acclaim ljn thq you look at the early third-party developers of the super nintendo genesis nes master system ps1 era of stuff and companies have been bought and retired even companies mm -hmm. like you know uh like the parent companies like paramount mtv like they all purchased game studios and shut them down mm. or they purchased them and then keep some assets and sell the rest so uh, to me it's 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 not like anything new is changing what is changing is the amount of money that's being at play here because 
money has changed a lot. And two, what exactly is being purchased? Because, you know, it's not just, it, we, you know, we say Activision Blizzard like it's two companies. But it's really Activision Blizzard and King, as yeah. well as the other subsidiaries of of Activision King Blizzard. King makes so much money. Yeah. King makes an enormous amount of money. And people, yeah, we like we're guilty of it. We left it off the name and like. Yeah. And that's yeah. it's kind of like the biggest play for Microsoft as well. Like they're going to get Call of Duty and they get all these big like core gamer IPs and that's fine. But what they're really getting with this deal is King, which is like the mobile studio. And I think that's who, what can, the, who knows what they're doing. I think that's what they that's secretly what they mm. probably want more than I mean, I'm sure, of yep. course, having Activision and Blizzard separately is great. But like the the nice thing is that they're not just buying a game studio or two they're buying several and several ips attached to them yes. and the ability to pivot right like i don't think toys for bobs or vicarious visions are owned by activision by any means i'm not they are, uh, I they are. They were. so great yeah, so in that case again going back to like the chart activision blizzard king you're getting all these ips all these companies it's 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 like, there are a lot of pros there are a lot of cons it's it's but, rough but, but specific to the mobile stuff, like Xbox has said that they are interested in having their own like Xbox launcher or like their own Xbox marketplace on mobile devices to compete. Didn't they buy with... Nokia? Nokia? Uh, did they buy Nokia for the Windows Phone? I, I don't they... think they. No, I thought oh, I they like bought Nokia that. and then Nokia kind of like failed on its ass. I don't know if they bought that. But either way, Microsoft has basically zero mobile footprint right now. And for a gaming company, that's just not a good idea. If you're going to remain competitive, mm. you have to be competing on mobile. What about Smart so Glass? We got Xbox Smart Glass, guys. Sure. Oh exactly. my God, course, Smart Glass. That was going to be the right. next big thing. Yeah, after um, a partnership with Microsoft and Nokia's subsequent market struggles, yeah, 2014, Nokia. they bought the phone business as Microsoft Mobile. And, Didn't uh, even know that. Yeah, right. Cool. Yeah. cool. Explains why the Nokia is. You guys call it Nokia? That's yeah, nice. Nokia. Yeah, Nokia. Nokia. Like Nokia. It? Yeah, yeah. Nokia. Fifty-one I mean that, ten, baby. I mean that's it's, why the Microsoft Theater is called the Microsoft Theater because before it was the Nokia Center. Oh, it was yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, right. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. yeah. I miss my Windows. What do you phone. guys? What do you guys think this means for Big Phil? What do you reckon? If this doesn't go through, do you reckon? Do you think Big Phil's gonna be all right? His check is cut. Be, I, think he, I don't know. I want him. Check is cut. <laughs> I think. I, it's too hard to say, but I, mm. I. I think someone at Microsoft, there will be a cultural shift if this does not go through at Microsoft at a higher level. And whether or not that's Phil getting removed and then replacing him with someone else or a new board of trustees is coming in to help consolidate and consult, like this this will, because if it doesn't go through, the ramifications at, a Microsoft, at Microsoft and their corporate structure and their stocks and their shares and all that stuff is going to definitely collide and create a lot more problems so mm. i i personally think that while it's not it may not be like getting rid of phil but something at a microsoft higher level will happen yeah because this week actually um like jeff grubb from giant bomb game miss Shout never heard, he never does. never heard of him <laughs> never out. heard of him he uh he was talking on his podcast and he's like oh i know for a fact that microsoft executives are not happy with the performance of xbox and that kind of like set up a conversation this week about you know mm -hmm. how good uh, how good a generation is Xbox having? Uh, are they making the right moves, et cetera, et cetera? And I guess this sort of this deal falling through, it feels like it would be impossible for Microsoft executive not to take a good look at what's going on at Xbox at that point, try and make mm -hmm. some big changes there because 
yeah, I mean, that's, it would be huge. Do you guys, how do you guys feel Xbox is doing this generation? Console war think, bullshit I mean, aside, by the way, none of us give a fuck about console war bullshit. We have yeah. all consoles, blah, 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 blah. It's annoying we have to make that disclaimer, but console wars suck and we hate them. We're literally just talking about yeah. our perspectives on it. I so. am uh, not thrilled about a lot of the games, uh, mm. but I am really into, and I've said it from even the end of last generation, I like the moves that they're doing in terms of like yeah. player choice and just like consumer, I guess like kind of almost like consumer friendly stuff. Like I, mm. I just like their different approaches and like me having stuff to talk about and interesting ways to think about how I interact with gaming ecosystems. Um, so it's like, I like the groundwork that they've laid, but like as just somebody who is a, is a, simple gamer person like at the end of the day i am here for the games uh sure. and I, I do want more i've been waiting for the new fable game for i've become the old titanic lady waiting for that game you know <laughs> so it can't just be just how, how long is how long has it been jake how long has it been <laughs> oh god what was the quote it's been 84 years 84 <laughs> years is the That's quote the one. What an what um, a weird alternate ending to that movie. Did you guys ever watch that? Yes. Yes. Did sorry, <laughs> I didn't mean to bring that up, but like, what the? They really what the they hell? Made the, they made the right call yeah. by using yeah. that ending. The weird laughter that they're all doing. It's yeah. odd. It's a very oh, odd. It's laugh. so weird. Um, I mean, in terms of in terms of Microsoft, like I completely agree with Jake in that the games are not there. Um, Microsoft a few years ago made all these Xbox made all these big moves and scooped up what was it like ten extra studios, fifteen extra studios, yeah. and it feels like we still haven't seen that payoff yet, you know. And we're waiting for it's. I mean, Halo didn't hit yeah. as hard. Like it had a moment. It was a flash in the pan. But then we've seen what's happened with three four three. We're still waiting on another Gears. Like I mm. really enjoyed Gears Five. I'm eagerly awaiting Six. Um, mm. And then all of their other kind of tentpole franchises, like Fable. I mean, obviously you've got Forza that's hitting every year, which is great. But yeah, nothing else is really there. I'm excited for Redfall, but is that going to be the system seller that they want it to be? I don't know. And, but I mean, the, in terms of good things, Game Pass is doing well for them. Like yeah. in the in the recent earnings, one billion in the last quarter from subscriptions, which is great. Um, you know, but it's just, it's weird. It feels like they're making all the right moves, but we haven't seen the payoff yet. And that's why we keep having these discussions is because they haven't had a big, big, big successful thing go through for a while, but it has just been these little thousand cuts of bad news for them. Yeah, I mean, because I like last year, for example, because I'm looking at the list of games and, you know, we had, last year we had... Pentiment, obviously. Killer. Fantastic Excellent. game. But mm -hmm. no, by no means a system seller. Uh, Grounded, same sort of deal. Um, where, you know, really fantastic game from the same studio, funnily enough. But not like mm -hmm. one of those big, chunky... Uh, As Dusk Falls, which met pretty mixed reviews and was certainly not a big seller. Um, that was it for 2022. That's Jesus. pretty rough. I mean, obviously 21 was better. You had Halo Infinite... Uh, which launched strongly and then lost all that momentum, sadly. Uh, Forza Horizon 5, we must give it credit. It's pretty... The Forza series is pretty Great. much industry-leading yeah. at this yeah. point. Obviously, Gran yeah. Turismo is still an uh, exceptional series, but it does feel like Forza has the momentum right now in terms of, you know, like racing fans and its presence and how much we talk about it and whatever else. Forza's really done a huge amount of work. 
Uh, there was there was Age of Empires 4, Psychonauts 2, Microsoft Flight Simulator. That is a big deal, obviously, in its own way. Mm -hmm. um, and that was it for 2021. That was a pretty so, good year. I mean, is, was 2022 yeah. essentially feeling the ripple effects of development slowdown through yeah. COVID? I mean, they a lot of other I, companies I like to use those lines. thinking that, like... Yeah, it wasn't just going to be 2020. It wasn't just going to be 2021. It would impact all the way through 2022 yes, beyond. Yes, yes, So maybe that is what's happening. Well, yes um, and no. Yeah. I, I, But I also think like Microsoft has not been very smart with how they've managed their announcements and stuff. Like Perfect Dark, for example. They're like, we're making a Perfect oh, Dark God, game. You're like, yeah. whoa, sick, yeah? See Initiative. You in years. New new studio that we've never it's heard a of. Quadruple A studio, guys. <laughs> Apparently that was a typo, though. Apparently that was a typo that. Got Are you just, joking? The, I no, I'm serious. Apparently I I, I remember I read a comment that came back to me from one of my videos was oh by the way that was a typo that just people picked up and ran with. I don't think they were actually describing <laughs> themselves as quadruple A, but um, but God. yeah, I mean like that's that's a game. It's like well you don't have anything yet. You ha you, you barely have a studio set up. But you've got this trailer mm. for Perfect Dark, and it's like, mm. why? What are we doing here yeah. right now? You know, and 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 Fable is another one where you know you get the sense that that's still really far off. Uh, Avowed was the same thing, you know, really early announcement, and who knows when that's coming. Um, it's just I don't know. Like, I, yeah, I get why Microsoft needs to build some excitement, but yeah, those early and announcements I get, and I think I get hurt them. Announcing stuff to bring talent in to actually make the things like true, Blizzard just true, did that true. with their survival game too, right? But yeah, true. To your point, too early. Think, yeah, they did learn from that though. With um, last year, I remember at E3, they're like, "Oh, we're only announcing games that are coming in the next twelve months." That was very. Uh, so where's Silk Song? Yeah, I was just we have say, approximately a month until Silk Song. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a bit. That's a bit different though, because Team Cherry yeah. is. It's not at Microsoft, but they did include it in that bit, didn't they? It was like it all was of these it. games that we're showing will be twelve months, I right? Think but actually, if, from if you thought, but that might have been before that they said that. Yeah, if you look, if you no, it was in it, but it was the was only okay. one that popped up that didn't actually have even a month. Like it didn't even okay. say anything. Oh, right. so, so Song, I feel like you have to isolate because it is it They've is the game it. that can. everyone's waiting for. Yeah, there it, it was going to be DLC. Now it's its own game. Like mm -hmm. Team Cherry's taking their sweet sweet time. Everyone's still playing Hollow Knight, and then some. It it's on its way. Sure. According to thegamer.com, at last year's Summer Game Fest presentation, Xbox showed off a new gameplay trailer and then promised that every game shown, including Silksong, would wow. be playable within the next 12 months. So well, maybe they'll get around it by putting a demo out. I can't believe that Silksong has been delayed. I mean, it's just such a surprise. You know, who'd have, who'd have thought? It's just so <laughs> unlike got till June 12, guys. to take their time, you know? Uh, but no, take all the time you need, please. That's fine. Um... So yeah, yeah, like it's I don't know. I think it's 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 kind of rough times for for mm. for Microsoft. I think it you feels know, like I, a limbo. Hmm. Yeah. Not not that it matters because again, I don't, I'm not trying to bring back the console war conversation, but uh -oh. um, I think it is important to to have IP represent your company, right? Um, mm. And with how many studios that Microsoft is, has acquired and is looking to acquire with this acquisition um, of Activision, Blizzard, King, and so on and so forth, they're trying to have a, a, a plethora of games that represent the future of, of, of what they want for Microsoft, right? Like, 
Obviously, Nintendo is Mario and Zelda and all this stuff. And you've got God of War and Horizon for Sony. I I I think they need to make a mascot. That's what I'm saying. I I, I think mm -hmm. that they they have to really invest in themselves to make first party IP that mm -hmm. feels holistically what Microsoft's vision is. And I think they're so large at this point. Um, unless they don't own the studio or own several studios, there's not really a creative vision there. You know, I love Rare to Pieces. I will play Conker's Bad for a day and Banjo Kazooie until they make new ones, which I know they won't. Uh, the way that they're currently going because they want to move forward and make new games that is that was based off the legacy of rare right and that's that's i think that's kind of what they're trying to do over on, on the rare side so that's why you had the new battletoads game farmed out to delala because that wasn't made by rare it was approved by rare right it's it's the ip acquisition and then passing the ball to someone else personally dark is not being made by rare it's yeah. it's being to tossed off to a different studio and i think that might be the vibe right like not to like grandiose the acquisition thing but like if you get the team who made diablo diablo 2 remake or, or diablo 4 and they kick ass what if we gave them an ip that like is from the microsoft banner of the 30 plus studios and say hey blizzard now makes this 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 remake or remaster right that's why like curious visions and toys for bobs did such a great job toy for bobs did such a great job with crash bandicoot 4 the crash trilogy tony hawk pro skater 1 and 2 it was about bringing studios underneath the banner to create and revitalize ip that to me is is where i see the value in the acquisitions because they have all this great ip ones that people have even forgotten about they can just bring back if they choose to do so will that Full circle. Will that get you to buy an Xbox? I don't know. Really good I don't point. Know. I think, yeah. I mean, they signed a deal with Hideo Kojima. They should have had him make Halo. <laughs> Could you imagine what Kojima's Halo would be like? That would be the sickest thing ever. That would be I'm sad so that doesn't exist now. We would never fire a gun the entire time. That yeah. would be what it is. I hope you <laughs> guys like Master Chief having the sex game. because they're doing it even more with Kojima. The game would end. The game would end with Master Chief picking up the rifle and then like aiming it at the camera and then like <laughs> pff, a game by Hideo Kojima and that's how it ends. Wow! Oh, like he will actually be Cortana. Like he will be. He will replace <laughs> himself. Like he, you know, the hologram will be Kojima mm -hmm. talking to you. That will be it. The future of Xbox so. uh, is Hideo Kojima as Cortana. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking news: World premiere, baby. Oh God! All right, we'll see where Xbox goes and all that. But now, a word from our sponsor. Right, this uh, episode of the Friends Per Second podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, and uh, this is true. Usually when sponsors send you stuff, it's very generic, but Manscaped actually write good, funny copy. Okay, so this is actually what they wrote. Ready? Gentlemen, if you don't already know, it's tax season in the US. And if you, and you and you know what that means, it means that Manscaped is here to make sure your paperwork is done and your boys downstairs are having fun. Excuse make me. Sure you, <laughs> make sure you spend your tax return money on the important things this year, like family, friends, and ball deodorant. <laughs> Join the 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with offer code FRIENDS. See, I told you, man. They they write. They like. They know their audience. Good. They write good stuff. I like it. So I actually also like Manscaped. I use it. I don't want to get into too much detail, but I'm satisfied with their product. They Look, put out an excellent product, and it's great, and I recommend he, it. Here's the deal. They sent us a bunch of products, but the thing that I love, obviously 
is the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Look at this bad boy. It's beautiful. I have like three of these kits, by the way, because they're so sick. Uh, if you are someone like myself with a big, lushy beard and you want to take care of it, let me tell you the secrets of using a brush. A brush just like this. It's simple. It's clean. But when you get it with this, there's a comb. There's beard oil. You got beard balm, beard conditioner to keep and look and look good. I genuinely use this stuff all the time. And it is awesome. If you are a guy with the big beard, you're going to love it. I promise. I'm jealous. I wish I could grow facial hair. It would be nice. Also, I, I, there's someone I should talk to because the I'm box, boy. The, block, the, the characters in the box look a lot like me. Just just putting it out <laughs> there. actually. Yeah. Just putting it out there. Damn. Manscaped. RSS, anyone listening to the podcast not on YouTube, you are missing out because he's actually telling the truth. <laughs> uh, in addition to the, uh, the, the beard trimmer, they also have the, uh, the, you know, the, the, the trimmer for the downstairs region. Down under as well. That's what we could call it. The trimmer down, for under. down under. I'm allowed to say that as an Australian. Uh, and all of that is part of their performance package 4.0, which comes with a whole bunch of stuff. Um, it's a really great kit. I have actually two of them now that I've sort of cycled through because just, the, the products in them are really fantastic. Um, Manscaped, you know them. You might love them. If you don't love them, you should give them a try. Get 20% off plus free shipping with offer code FRIENDS at manscaped.com. That is 20% off free shipping with FRIENDS. Wait, that is 20% off with free shipping. Offer code FRIENDS, manscaped.com. Uh, don't just get your money back this year. Get your swagger back too with Manscaped. So, Ralph, what the hell? You got to play mm. Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. That's I know, right? Uh, that's incomprehensible. That's amazing. <laughs> how how long did you get to play this thing? Um, it was well. I think the hands-on session was really meant to be just about an hour and a bit, but the Nintendo people were pretty cool. Because, like, I'd flown from Sydney to Melbourne and the flight wasn't for a while. And they're like, man, you can just fuck around for a bit if you like. And so, so I think I was on there for nearly two hours, you know, wow. just messing about wow. and kind of reloading checkpoints to try things in different ways. Um, but, yeah, so I I've obviously played Tears of the Kingdom, uh, was invited by Nintendo. Uh, the demo was kind of divided into three parts. There was, like, a hands-off bit where Nintendo were showing me the ropes. It was kind of similar to the gameplay showcase that Aonuma did. And then there was a hands-on block where I was in the Sky Isles kind of doing um, some puzzle-solving stuff and some exploration, just getting to goose with the controls. And then there was a third bit where I had to kind of like s like storm this tower so that I could, you know, just get to it, basically. And, and the guy was like, you can get to it however you like. And I'm like, cool, let's, let's mess about. And, um, yeah, that was the opportunity just to kind of experiment with the sandbox and all the different abilities and all that sort of stuff. So have you guys... How up to date are you with Tears of the Kingdom? Have you like watched all the trailers? Have you like cross it or where you at? I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty up to date on it. My 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 question is I like I I don't want to like spoil your video, but in your video you described needing to build a boat like was yes. shown in the original demo that we saw a few weeks back and you needed to get logs and you needed to cut down a tree to get those logs and you needed to make an axe. So what is it what is the essence of it that makes so that's that loop is just survival game but knowing yes, nintendo exactly. it, it's it, it's got to feel different so like what is the sauce there yeah well i mean that's the thing right i found it really interesting because you have your old school zelda games which are just very classic dungeon exploring kind of games you know you get led from dungeon to dungeon you get your metroidvania power up things and your hook shots and whatever and then breath of the wild obviously very different it's this it's very sandbox driven 
and you had magnesis and stasis and those remote the remote bomb those abilities that let you affect the environment in different ways and you would combine them to solve puzzles in those shrines and there were also the divine beasts were they called divine beasts in breath of the wild yeah. they yeah. were yeah. yeah and they were meant to be the dungeons even though they kind of weren't they didn't really have the mm. distinctive personality of dungeons they felt quite different and so people were i think many people didn't love breath of the wild because they felt like it was too sandbox focused it didn't have enough focus on uh you know like that legend of zelda that quest or the dungeons all the things that old school zelda fans really love right so yes tears of the kingdom feels like it's quadrupling down on all of those sandbox systems to the point where it does actually start to feel like a bit of a survival game you are collecting resources that you cook you are picking up stuff off the ground so you can fashion basic tools to you so you can harvest raw resources there are raw resources just lying around like wood and wheels and all sorts of stuff that you can build with you are spending lots of time in your menu building things like you will build cars and hot air balloons and gliders and hovercraft and all sorts of shit right and it's like as you're standing there clipping things together collecting resources it has a very survival game feel while you're doing that Mm. right plus not to mention your weapons which all need to be scavenged and they all need to be fused together with this crazy fusibility lets you do all this wild shit so it absolutely has a lot of survival game vibes more so than breath of the wild did because survive that had like a few survival elements particularly with like cooking or whatever um but that question still remains like how zelda is this game are you gonna are you gonna give us those dungeons are you gonna give us that big epic mythic quest uh you know are you going back to those those roots and i don't know the answer to that because the hands-on session that i did was actually squarely focused on the sandbox i didn't get to see any cutscenes any special locations i didn't get to see any dungeons if they exist at all um it was literally just like grand theft auto link city you know and me fucking around (laughs) on whatever i building whatever i could uh and having an absolute blast you know and i guess that's one thing i should say like it was really good like incredibly good to experience how flexible the sandbox was and all the crazy shit you could do like two hours that i spent with it just flew by i was loving it it's interesting. Was it overwhelming at all? It sounds like there's yeah, a lot going on. It is. I actually, that's one thing I shouted out in my video. I'm like, I'm, I'm very certain that a bunch of people are going to look at this and just nope out of it because they're like, this is too much work. Because everything that I had to do, it's never just push forward and swing your sword. It's how much durability has this weapon got? Can I fuse it with this other thing? What kind of armor is that enemy wearing that I need to break? I need to pull out an arrow and I need to fuse it with a specific mineral so that it's effective against that. I need to sit there for 10, well, not 10 minutes, but I need to sit there for a few minutes and build a car and I need to snap it into place in certain ways. Oh, the car is broken. I need to do it again. Like, I'm I'm, sur- I'm <laughs> describing something. slowly making a I know, face. Let's face. <laughs> but like, I'm describing something in a way that makes it sound bad. But I want to be clear mm. that I loved that. I was like, I had to be so... Mm-hmm. It, it, you had to think through it all. You had to take your time. You had to be mm-hmm. inventive and creative. Like, I fucking loved it. But a lot of people I know are just going to be like, can I just swing the Master Sword and get the Triforce, please? That would be really nice, you know? <laughs> and those people are going to be, I think... If you didn't like Breath of the Wild, I don't know, man. I think it's pretty unlikely you're going to like this. That's my vibe. So I did, That's a total did like breath of the wild i played 35 hours of it in okay. 2020 21 but i never finished it and sure. my worry is um i've spoken about this before my attention span 
is terrible and I can't make plans for myself uh, in a game. I need a story. I need something pulling me along for the ride the whole time. And so I worry that in a sandbox, and I'll, I'll get Tears of the Kingdom. I will play Tears of the Kingdom, but I worry about how long I will actually stick with it because yes. of the weird and way that my chronically fatigued brain works. <laughs> no, and I think that's it. I think a lot of people went through that same journey where they pushed through Breath of the Wild and it, it gets to the point where you are always pushing yourself forward on that journey. And you, at some point, some people are just like, nah, man, I can't push myself forward anymore. I need to be pulled. And, and Breath of the Wild just won't do that. Uh, mm. And so a lot of people just leave that game unfinished, you know, even though you can kind of confront the, the main boss in the first like 10 minutes of the game if you choose to. You know? <laughs> so, so I think... I don't know how that's going to go here, obviously, because I was not mm. shown any of that stuff that might pull me along. Um, and my hope is that Nintendo do provide more of that incentive, more of that pull, more of that return to the classic Zelda fare, because I love that. You know, Ocarina of Time, literally my favorite video game ever, maybe. You know, it's just an unbelievably formative game. The way it blew my mind back then, I'll never forget. And um, I would love it if you could have that legendary epic mythic quest of the likes of ocarina combined with a sandbox like this like that is the perfect video game i'm sorry but it is mm. the trailers um, are definitely at least like i was all in early with like the, the yeah. fan theories and stuff like all, yes. th there is some cool shit we see i mean we see ganon and stuff so there's got to be ganon. something there is it is it hot ganon hot like, ganon is it, again. <laughs> is it like gerard i feel like i still like i don't know how you feel about the gameplay elements but I still tend to just kind of give the benefit of the doubt because even though I hear a lot of weird elements where I'm like, I, I just want to do a dungeon. I don't want to like make a car like it's nuts and bolts. Uh, I, I just kind <laughs> yeah. of, I just kind of have faith in like, and not to be like fanboy, but optimistic. Like I feel like a Japanese spin with their charm, that studio specifically can make a lot of that stuff really compelling. I agree. I'm a little more, op I'm, I'm an optimist when it comes to Nintendo um, aside from their sports games, I think when they really care about their titles, they always come out above a lot of other companies. Um, I it's it's too hard to say because I haven't got hands on it. I won't get hands on it until the game comes out. Um, I just want the game to not feel like Breath of the Wild two, and that's such mm. a weird mm. ask, right? It's such a weird thing. Um, mm. Nintendo when it comes to Zelda specifically, when they do sequels to their games, things get drastically changed, including the tone and, and, and mechanics, right? You know, you look at Majora's mask to Ocarina, you look at, you know, Oracle of ages and seasons to, uh, links awakening. Um, even like wind waker to the DS games, right? The spirit tracks and, and, um, uh, phantom hourglass, they're, they're sequels or prequels or set in the same universe, but stylistically speaking, they feel and breathe their, their own identity mm. and their own aspect. And because because then, you know, then you're going to have and the, the, the thing that I saw online everywhere is, oh, great. I don't want to pay 70 or 75 dollars for Breath of the Wild DLC. Right. Like that's the conversation piece that will happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I don't want to happen. I think, I think tears of the kingdom can feel like its own unique thing. I just feel like I know nothing about the narrative. Uh, I know that I can build a car. 
uh, mm-hmm. and I confuse things. And yeah. those are three elements that, uh, you know, are, are interesting in their own way. Um, the thing that I'm depressed about the most that no one seems to be talking about because, you know, it really, really affects my well-being is the fact that uh, we have Korok seeds again. Yeah, oh, man. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. The completion is There's probably going to be 6,000 of them. Are there 1,800 of them? Another gilded shit? I want, yeah, I that's wanna, right. I interviewed Anuma and Miyamoto weeks before Breath of the Wild came out. Mm. And they said completionists cannot do it. And I showed them all my <laughs> accolades. And Anuma in Japanese said, holy crap, he might actually be able to do this. And I did it. And I felt empty and depressed <laughs> and alone for months. Yep. And then they did hard mode. And I had to do it again. And I did it for myself. And today, everyone's been saying, hey, Gerard, did you see the single frame shot of someone getting a Korok seed. And immediately I said, why would you do this, Nintendo? Mm. Why? How? You gave me a golden piece of shit the last time I did this. (laughs) (laughs) What are you going to give me? Oh, there's two pieces of shit? It's a mega piece of shit? Whatever it is, is. just give me something tangible. That's my own hero's journey that no one... Everyone's going to be making kick-ass videos about doing kickflips off of exploding rocks and building a fucking Death Star out of a, out of a leaf. And here I'll be like, hey, did anyone find Korok seed number 1572? I, mean, I still haven't found it. That'll be me for months. It's funny oh, you mentioned sucks, challenge. Man. You mentioned hard mode and stuff. Ralph, uh, did you get a sense of the game being tough? Because I thought Breath of the Wild was pretty, pretty challenging. Um, I think... I don't know if the tough is quite the right word because I would say that um, there are so many tools at your disposal. If you smartly use those tools, it's really easy. You know, for example, I was in one section where I was like fighting a group of enemies. They were rolling this giant ball down a hill, like a spiked ball. And I'm like, oh no, it's coming towards me. But I have this ability called recall and I can kind of basically click on this ball and it will then go backwards through time. So it starts rolling towards them instead. So now they're getting collected by this giant spiky ball instead of me. I can pick up giant dynamite barrels that's have sitting nearby them and drop them on their head. If they throw boulders at me, I can recall those and send them back. I can very quickly get up to higher ground by using that ascend ability to get me through the roof. Um, if I fused my, my weapons and I've like, you know, if enemies will drop stuff on the ground if i fuse it to my weapons it increases its attack power some of that can result in massive increases to attack power so this is all me saying if you play smart and you use everything that's at your disposal in the sandbox it's pretty easy actually right but it's about having that creativity that awareness of what the sandbox is capable of if you just want to go in there and swing with a stick it's gonna suck man it's gonna really suck you're gonna find it very hard (laughs) Um, it is definitely about using the sandbox to its full uh, its full potential. What about uh, tech wise? Uh, you know, there's been oh, a lot yeah. of there's been a lot of people being like, this is these, this is a very systems heavy game, and it's on yeah. aging hardware, and it's just a bigger, better mm. one. Like, how did it feel? Look, I don't want to. I'm really hesitant to say anything definitive on this. That's fair. Definitive is that not the right sense. word. No, no, but like, I haven't seen the full game. Okay. I've seen some people say like, oh, it actually runs really well. I don't agree with those people. I, I have seen enough based on my own hands on time to be like, nah, man, there's some frame drops here. Like, it's a problem, okay? But at the same time, I don't want to overeg the pudding and be like, this is unacceptable, game is ruined, whatever else. Because 
yeah, it's it's fine. It's it's fine. Like you know, it's it definitely reduced my enjoyment when those frame drops happen. And to be fair, and to be clear, they happen mostly when there's a lot of fire kicking in, when there's a lot of enemies on screen, when there's a lot of particle effects popping off. Um, then you know, fire, then the frame rate will drop and drop quite considerably at times as well, right? And I've got some footage of that in my video. If you don't believe me, go and see the video. You will see the frame drops for yourself. It's all there, right? Did that make me walk away from Zelda and go, oh, this game sucks? No, it doesn't. Because like, it's still a pretty remarkable game in many aspects. But it is disappointing that the performance is as bad as it is because, um, you know, it takes you out of that experience. And it mm. kind of like reminds you that this is just like a video game, you know, where it's, it's usually such a such a, an immersive experience. So enjoyable. I mean, we all have such a soft spot for Zelda and uh, that sucks, right? So... Um, but also, I think we go in wide, eyes wide open with the Switch. And it's kind of like, we know this is an old piece of hardware. The chip that it's running on is like 10 years old, man. It's like, we know what we're getting into when we buy a game on a Switch. It sucks. Don't get me wrong. It would be nice if there was a Switch 2 out. And surely there will be. And this will be remastered. And it will be, you know, playable at 60 FPS. And it's going to be rad. Um, but yes, I think Switch owners are somewhat at peace with the fact that this is the hardware that they've got. And they just have to deal with it. And then you contrast that to something like Jedi Survivor, which we'll talk about later in the episode, where, you know, I've got a PC worth like, you know, eight or nine thousand dollars and Ooh. I can't get like a solid 60 FPS out of that <laughs> brand new. And then, then then it's like, OK, fuck that. That's bullshit. You know what I mean? Because yeah. there are different expectations for different games, different sorts of hardware, whatever. But with Zelda, we know we're going to have some performance issues. There are some performance issues. I do not think they are game-breaking, but I think they are disappointing. I think some people will probably wait for the Switch 2 and to play it there at 60 FPS, but I think the people that are very keen to play it now are unlikely to have that experience ruined for them by um, by the by the choppy FPS. And I remember when I previewed Breath of the Wild, like, it was choppy before release. Like, pretty bad. Yeah. I remember walking and away from it going, everyone Ooh. pooped on it. Yeah, everybody and then it came pooped. out and it was fine. So I don't. But I'm not also, saying that'll be the same thing, but you know, it's pretty yeah. nice code. Uh, yeah, Stuff I could agree. Change. Oh. I don't think it'll change too too drastically, but you yeah, know, it's not. Yeah, hopefully, it'll, it gets some improvements. Some, yeah, I think, and I think as well, come back to the point of expectation. Like we all shit on Pokemon Arceus or, or like the latest, oh, the latest Pokemon games. Whatever. Arceus, it's yeah. not that. I think will be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't and think I, Nintendo and, would let it be. Yeah, but also it's like those games. There's no fucking way those Pokemon games should run that badly. Like, there's nothing going on. Like, it's just, what? Whereas with this, it's so ambitious with the number of systems that are mm. at play at any point in time. The amount of, I was just thinking about the code base that makes all of this possible. The number of variables that this sandbox has to be able to, to, to process at any moment is huge. So I think it's somewhat of a miracle that the Switch can handle this at all. And I'm willing to definitely cut it some slack on that basis alone. You know what I mean? So. Dude, I you heard, you heard it here first. Wait it. for the Switch Two. Which... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, They're yeah, definitely yeah. not calling it the Switch Two, right? It's going to be called like New Switch Plus Expert. Totally. No, I Switch think... Switcheroo. I wish. I, I think I it, look. We can play a speculation game all day. I think for I think Nintendo found the sweet spot with the Switch, and I think going forward, they're going to treat it like an iPhone. And just update the model mm. every year. Mm. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't think that's true. I don't personally wouldn't agree with that. I, I would say 
Nintendo really love their big generational hardware and I think that the idea of having incremental upgrades would terrify them. They are not a technology-focused business. I think they only want to have to worry about it once every six or seven years and then that's it, you know? So I personally wouldn't anticipate them going down that route. I'd be very surprised if they did. I mean... Wasn't there a thing today where someone said that they saw a job listing and it had like... Uh, let me find it. Nintendo job... And it was something about like next gen hardware, and everyone was like, oh. "Here we go." Yeah, uh, Nintendo job listing mentions next generation platforms and cross platform development. What Nintendo's working on new hardware? What? 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 Oh, hang you on, wait. This, first, is from, this is from comicbook.com. So. Okay, right. Either right, way, I'm going, to, I'm going straight to the source. I'm going to the <laughs> Nintendo. There you go. Did you guys see that? Game the technologies and engineering science. Did you guys see that Miyamoto was really positively surprised by the re reception of the Mario movie? By the way. It was like, I had no idea it would be this big. And I'm like, yeah, well, it's Mario, he dude. He did. <laughs> he did. I know. like a billion dollars, that movie. And that's the thing about Miyamoto. Like, I, I've been thinking about him a lot lately where it's like, he's this humble, <laughs> lovable video game man who... He's also probably almost like a billionaire. Like, of course 100%. he knew it was going to do good. Like, you you invented I, um, Mario. You changed the world. I've been doing my, um, uh, my like, history, of history of Zelda video. And what's oh, quite cool. funny are all the stories. Like I'm reading all all the old Askewatas. Um, all of the stories about about Miyamoto with relation to Zelda is that he was actually pretty cantankerous and disagreed a lot with the team. And, with uh, what? and there was one. Oh, there was one. That's awesome. Oh, there was one story I read where basically he just like the the three developers came in and they showed him something. What was the one where Link turns to the paper? I think it was for that one. Uh... I don't what? have it with me. But anyway, there was a story and yeah, apparently he was just like, absolutely not. <laughs> like, yeah, shout over it. Wow. So I think, yeah, he's, he's, I think he's very, he knows exactly what he wants. Like he is well, obviously this, very, this friendly face and this absolute genius, but I think it's a killer nice behind the scenes. <laughs> mm -mm -mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, the game isn't out too far from now. And yeah, they two, seem pretty two confident. Weeks. Two and a bit weeks, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, the fact that they let you capture your own footage, they let you touch the game mm -hmm. for a long period of time. Like, I was so surprised. Cool. I was like, I really expected them to just like a hands-off demo thing and I just kind of sit in a chair quietly and then say thank you very much. But no, the fact that they let me play and capture, I was like, is this Nintendo doing this? Like, what's the deal mm -hmm. with this, you know? Uh, so yeah, no hats off to them for that. Well, tune in next time, I guess, folks. All right, it's time for one of our famous user questions. Thanks to Jake for the making user. that a thing Sorry. and all the inboxes spammed with user questions now <laughs> as opposed to listener questions. User question comes from Andrew H. He says, G'day, gang. Uh, I just wanted to get your opinions on both the rumored PlayStation remote handheld and the Asus ROG Ally. Personally, I don't quite get remote play for PlayStation handheld. I mean, it's got to be more expensive than the DualSense Edge, 340 Australian dollars. Uh, cheers for all your great work. You're my favorite gaming podcast. Thank you very much, Drew. Oh, yeah. I can't. It's the, the emails from someone called Andrew H, and then he signs off Drew. So I'm not sure what the deal is. That is it, Drew. Andrew. Drew being a nickname Drew. for Andrew. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, what do you guys think about? First of all, what do you guys think about this rumored PlayStation handheld thing? Just to, as a brief as a brief primer on this, it's mm. rumored that PlayStation is working on a handheld device that will only support remote play. So you kind of need to be in your house while using it. It will just work on your local network and allow you to use your PlayStation via remote play and a handheld. Not confirmed, but rumored. What do you guys think about that? Is that a thing? Should that be a thing? 
Can you I... remote play on Steam Deck? Yes. Absolutely, yes, you, can. you can. Hell you got yeah. Damn right. Then Absolutely. I don't need it. <laughs> 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 and also, my apartment is 650 square feet. I don't know where I'm going to go or I can't yeah. see my TV, you know? Okay, well, you like the Steam Deck and all that sort of stuff. There's also this Asus ROG coming along. Uh, this is basically like, imagine a Steam Deck, but stronger, better. Mm-hmm. Do you have any interest in that? Is it, is it legal is like, to say ROG? Is that how it is? I always thought it was ROG. That's how, Oh, how do you, okay. Yeah, how do you say it? I think it is ROG because it's Republic of Gamers. Republican ga- uh, Republic of Gamers. Re- Republican Gamers. Republican, right. Republican Gamers is not the same as Republican <laughs> Gamers, just to be clear. So um, apparently, no, it is. I think I th- you can say ROG because it's an acronym for Republic yeah. of Gamers. So yeah, you can say sure. it. Yeah. I want to find out from them because the, they are it's also- It's the ROG ally. Yeah. It's not just- Oh, what did yeah, I call it? What did I call ally. it? Just the, the ROG. Asus oh. ROG. Asus Yeah, ROG. it is the ally. Yes, exactly. And it is basically like a Steam Deck, but better specs, essentially. And it's going to run Windows 11. Uh, that is... They're doing a showcase for that soon to, like, reveal the specs. But it's early reports, hands-on, from tech reviewers who have used it. They're like, yeah, this actually is kind of twice as powerful as the Steam Deck. And it has a better screen as well because it's 1080p, mm. 120 hertz. You guys have any interest in that, or are you like really happy with your Steam Deck? I, You're like, no, nah, I'm good. I as having some like tested a lot of these types of machines. Uh, I think the whole Steam Linux thing is the killer app part of what mm. Steam Deck has figured out. Uh, but uh, I think ASUS makes decent hardware. I use their ASUS ROG laptops. I like them, um, and I, I I just get like this weird feeling. Like I've just seen a couple of things like. I feel like Microsoft is a little bit more specifically interested in this one, and I've seen rumors floating around that uh, they would start to roll out some sort of different Windows mobile support tailored specifically yes. to these experiences. So while it's not like Steam, if at the very least they have Microsoft a little bit more in their court than the average PC gaming handheld device, like the INEO or, or the GPD Win 3, mm, whatever, the, mm. th- that'll help significantly because i don't really like regular old windows running on these devices it feels unwieldy it feels like yes. pow- like power intensive so yeah i agree i agree I, i'm i'm interested in these devices i think it'd be great if you could you know have a really powerful pc in your hands i love my steam deck i use it almost every day but i agree that the ease of use of the steam deck mm. the focus that they've put on support and that that operating system and all that sort of stuff that's actually what i value about it more than anything else i think um because yeah i i I can definitely see how not getting that right would result in a really shitty experience do you have a Um, price tag on the on the ally no that's being announced but Mm. i i'm hearing rumors that it's like they have positioned it to retailers whoever else as competitively priced versus the steam deck it's not going to be as cheap as the steam deck but it sounds like they want to operate in the same ballpark. So I think people are estimating maybe 600 US dollars-ish and maybe mm-hmm. a higher model for like maybe eight or 900. But look, if it's twice as powerful as the Steam Deck and you're paying $600 for it or whatever, mm. I mean, that's a pretty good deal, you know? Um, so yeah, it's an interesting era. I'm, I'm glad that PC handhelds are becoming a thing. It's, it's, it's cool. It's rad. Like it's again, I don't play AAA games on those devices, but it's really nice to be able to play indies and double A titles and gr- stuff that isn't graphically intensive. I think it's a really good movement, and I'm I'm a, mm-hmm. a big I'm a big fan. Agreed. 
Let's move on to the releases. Uh, the new mm. releases, uh, we got a big old list. Ralph, you want to kick those off? Yes. So the last two weeks has been quite chunky, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, Disney Speedstorm came out on all platforms on the 18th. That is a kart racer from Gameloft, the mobile game maker. Uh, apparently, it has a lot of microtransactions. Surprise, surprise. Uh, you Minecraft don't say. <laughs> Minecraft Legends, actually. I'm interested because we... I know, Jake, you played that one. Yes. And... Yes, I want to actually. I want to come back to that because I want to really hear what you thought. Because you were kind of like playing through a little bit of it at the time, yeah, and you hadn't really made your mind up either way. But I'd really come back to that. Um, Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster came out on Switch and PS4. It was already out on PC, and it doesn't come out on Xbox because it's Square Enix, and Square Enix hates Xbox. Um, <laughs> I don't think they hate right. Xbox. I think they're just waiting for that Game Pass check. <laughs> Maybe you're right. Well, I'm trying to think if they had anything on. They've had stuff on Game Pass in the past. King, yeah, they had like Final Kingdom Fantasy. Riders have, was day one. Kingdom Hearts. They have uh, Kingdom Hearts and uh, Final Fantasy 15. Yeah, true, 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 true. We have that Game um, Pass check. Horizon Forbidden West Burning Shores. Has anyone played that yet? No? Oh. Okay, I'm super keen We did that, that before you buy, but it was like my first before you buy where like it was someone else's script. It felt okay. weird. We're Got not going to do uh, it again. But the, okay. the person who wrote it uh, did like it. Shout out to Eric. Okay. Yeah, nice. Awesome. Had it spoiled for me already. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was impossible yeah. with that. Yeah, of the course, robots of die yeah. in the end. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, Advance Wars 1 plus 2 Reboot Camp. Gerard, are you going to check that out? Are you, are you into it, that? it is on my... I tried... I know that I'm, I'm so close with a lot of the folks who worked in the game. And I asked for a code and they said they were not allowed to give me one. So, Nintendo man. Oh, because Nintendo. Oh man, they're like he I bought love, it. He bought it on I, everything else. I, yeah, I, I have I have it physically for the originals and digitally and physically in Switch, and it is on my radar, Ralph. Uh, whether or not I complete it and make content on it is a whole other conversation. Sure, sure of course, of course. Um, there was Dead Island Two, which we'll definitely be talking about this week. Uh, Strayed Lights is dropping or dropped a few days ago. It's like a interesting looking um, action game, very focused on parry based combat. Honkai Star Rail is launched. Uh, that is like the next thing from Genshin Impact creator Mihoyo. That had 10 million pre registrations before launch, <laughs> uh, as you do when you're Mihoyo. Um, the last case of Benedict Fox Wait. arrives. That's what? out. What last that's case coming of out? Yeah. comes out? That's coming out today. Oh yeah. my god! That yeah, was like one I of my most anticipated co- games, and then I just haven't I'm paid s- attention. Yeah. yeah, I'm surprised that you didn't hear about it. Like, as in that they didn't reach out to you because you've been like really excited about no, it. No, nobody emails me. Damn, man, that sucks. I'm gonna play it. Hell yeah! <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's out today, and that's actually hitting Game Pass as well, FYI. So that's a good mm-hmm. way to get it. Uh, Live Alive arrives on PC and PlayStation after its Switch exclusivity window expires. That happens today. Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak arrives for PlayStation and Xbox on the 28th. And Star Wars Jedi Survivor arrives on the 28th as well for PS5, Xbox Series, and PC. We will definitely be talking about that one. So, those are the releases. And actually, Jake, if we don't mind, if you don't mind, I'd really like to um, hear just briefly on Minecraft Legends. What did you think about that? Yeah, you were right. It's really good. (laughs) (laughs) cool yeah that's nice it definitely it's really just a a victim of a slow start uh it takes a while to really roll everything out to you uh and it takes some work to get a bunch of units but once you get a bunch of units it makes for like a really fun chaotic but also like you know you got to think about it type Mm. of third person real-time strategy um 
I just like how it feels Minecrafty. Uh, and I didn't get to do multiplayer stuff, but hearing you talk about it and then just finally spending more time with the game and seeing all the systems and seeing the game at its best, I'm like, oh, holy shit, this is probably really significant for people playing online just because yeah. like they built a really cool thing. They did, actually. And I'm actually quite surprised because the reviews are pretty middling. And also the Steam reviews, I think, that was kind of sitting at like mixed. It's still sitting at mixed, I think. Interesting. So, um, yeah, I, I really, you know, I think usually most of us can kind of guess how something's going to go. But I actually was quite surprised with the reception to this one. I thought it would get a better reception than it's received. It's 63% mixed on Steam. Wow. Mm. Uh, and yeah, I'm really stunned about that because I thought that they had something here that is, as I said, far from perfect. It's got some jank. Um, it's, you know, makes some big compromises on the strategy front. But I just found it interesting and novel. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm down for whatever this is. And I had a great time with it. So yeah, a little, a little or quite surprised, I should say, to see it get such hmm. a, a mixed reception. Yeah, I think it's just something to go yeah, in like, casually and be like, oh, what's hmm. like a Minecraft thing? I like, so at this point now I'm like buckled in where I'm excited. Like I want them to keep doing this and doing weird spins on different genres uh, because this was, this was cool. It's fun. I, hmm. I'm curious to hear... Because like I spoke to a lot of people that played Minecraft, um, uh, what was it called? Minecraft Dungeons. Dungeons. Yes. Uh, yeah. A lot of them played with their children or yes, their yes. younger brothers and sisters. Mm. Uh, so I'm curious to hear how people do that with this one because it's 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 a little more complex. It's a little. A little it more seems involved. a little more complicated and involved. But then again, Minecraft to the outsiders going in is also that same way so to me to me it kind of feels like once you've made one lego you're used to making legos in general you heard here Mm. first friends per second podcast minecraft is not for babies (laughs) it's a man's game uh let's move on over to dead island 2 uh Mm. this is out now uh reviews have been out for a while we haven't talked about it but i enjoyed it it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like Minecraft, uh, where I kind of went in what? being like, uh, no, oh. it's not actually, like my, no, but same thing as Minecraft where I, I like, what did I play? What? I, I went in not really think like, I'm like, okay, cool. Like whatever. Like this could be casual, good fun. Don't have like majorly high expectations. It's dead Island and they're making a new one. And, uh, that's exactly what it was. They made a new one. Mm-hmm. And it's fine and good. Ralph, I agree mm. with your point in your video where it's 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 good. It's fine. It's entertaining. It doesn't outstay its welcome. It's a game mm. that is pretty decent. But in terms of like how competitive games are for your money now, how expensive games are, I don't always dive yeah. into the price per hour discourse, but specifically with Dead Island 2, I definitely am like, ah, oh, this is really good, but like, there's a lot of other stuff for full price that's mm. begging for your time where this is just mm. a mindless zombie smasher, basically. And a lot of people in my comment sections are like, that's fine. That's what I wanted. That's what I signed yeah. up for. But I think if you're if you're more discerning and, you, you, you know, you, yeah, like I think if you're just a little bit more choosy, might yes. not be for you. But I think it's a good time. I really like the gore system. It's really cool. Some of the set pieces, some of like the the boss battles are pretty quirky and fun. Um, yeah, there's not. It's it's hard to like. There's not much to it, yeah. really. Yeah, I, I. Sorry, Gerard, you were gonna say something? I was just gonna say. Um, 
I, I feel like I played a lot of Dead Island 1. And I did not like Dead Island One. Yeah, I thought I thought I thought the I thought the marketing campaign behind Dead Island One was better than Dead Island oh, One. God. Like, oh, yeah. that trailer! The, the trailer! That yeah. trailer! I wanted the, that trailer was like a master class in how to make your game exciting with with lack of a narrative or lack of gameplay, just like how to get someone's attention. Um, I I just I'm I'm like a couple hours into to Dead Island Two. My only reference point is Dead Island 1 because it's obviously the sequel. Um, as far as that goes, I think Dead Island 2 is much, much, much better and more fun yeah. than Dead Island 1. And Agreed. it feels, if we're talking about like a a sequel to sequel growth, like Dead Island 2 is a great direction for what the original Dead Island games were about. With that said, it does feel like a game that needed to come out about eight years ago. Um and that's not a bad thing. It just feels mm. like, you know, it's like we just picked up a, a lost relic and released it kind of thing, which is exciting for the future of the mm. franchise, especially because, don't quote me on it, but I think Dead Island 2 is actually performing relatively well. Yeah. yeah. Way more than anyone anticipated. What, like a million units, I think they said they sold? Yeah. And as well, it's Within so surprising. Yeah, Jake, you also mentioned on yourself, like, Dead Island's really popping off on on like youtube right yeah and i would never have anticipated that i put out my video and i was like post embargo and i'm like ah this is just a little zombie game and i'm just like i don't really have a strong opinion on it one way or the other but that video has gone really large like bigger than my zelda video and i'm like i'm pissed off about that <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like what why has that happened you know yeah never but underestimate are- the power of a zombie game there's a reason why on game ranks we do every year we do like a top 10 new zombie games video because the math is there there, there's no a, there's like a casual audience that just kind of like they played Call of Duty zombies and then kind of sure. went looking for the next hit. Then there's hardcore audiences that just like zombie stuff. There's horror fans like it, it's it's a thing. And I think yeah. when people say like, oh, this or Dying Light 2, it's totally different. Do you want to play mm-hmm. a game that's like a little wacky and you kill zombies or do you want to play a game where you kill zombies and there's crafting and side quests and like Rosario Dawson for some reason? You know, like there's different, <laughs> there's enough room there for both, I think. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Totally. Yeah, did you end up getting over the motion sickness? So I played a couple hours of Dead Island 2 and oh boy, <laughs> your girl's sick. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, yeah. it was it's weird rough. to experience On PlayStation. Because I don't, yeah, so I was playing on PS5. Uh, and I got motion sickness like crazy and I usually don't. I only get motion sickness after like hours and hours of swapping between VR games or playing Doom Eternal with a mouse on like ultra hard mode. Those are the only times I get like woozy. Um, and this, this got me, it hit me good. What I did was just turn off motion blur in the game settings and I was, it fixed it completely. I did too, but it hasn't fixed it for me. Interesting. I wonder what it know, is. I was, I was enjoying it, though. That's the thing, which I was kind of frustrated by. Like, I was enjoying it. It was mindless. Like, But also, mm. the thing that got me is that I think it's way better written than it kind of has any right to be. Yes, There's like, I, I agree with you. I was really surprised. Yes. I, I went in thinking these characters are going to piss me off. But actually, which character did you play as? Um, I played as the... Um, is it Amy? Yeah, Amy. Is she the um, fast character? Yeah, She's, with the I know the one. The yep. fake leg. Yeah. Yep. yep did yep. you guys did you guys find the influencer house? 
Oh, so yes, good. I did. <laughs> I did. That, the apology <laughs> thing. <laughs> that <laughs> was so. I, I've never felt more seen, and, and also at the same time more depressed. Yes. Uh, yep. Finding something us. in the game like that, it's like the Spider-Man <laughs> pointing meme, but not <laughs> yep, not in a yep. good way. Not in a good way. There's so much yeah. like environmental storytelling here and there that yep. I, I really liked. Like even there's a in the house with like the dirty rocker people, the washed up rockers, or there's like. Yes. A party table with like beer everywhere and then somebody spray painted fuck oceans over a painting of an ocean. <laughs> like it's like little things like that are really funny and good. Yeah. And I think I think uh, that's why I suspect this will age quite well as in Yeah. You know, it's it's just nailed its fundamentals really well. It feels a little bit dated by today's standards, right? But it's still very playable and enjoyable. Almost mm. almost like because of how dated it feels like it's very lean and focused it doesn't have all this bloat attached to it that a lot of other games do and yeah you're right it is actually surprisingly well written and it's set pieces or at least not set pieces aren't, isn't quite the right word but it's locations are, i think really strong quite often um i think, I think it's stylized it is, in a way that's pretty it is yeah totally. like doesn't try too hard to go for complete photorealism mm. so that it looks bad like i think it's i think the art direction is really yeah really good but I do think that there are some things that really hold it back. Like the weapon stuff, I think, was a real bummer. I don't know if you guys... Mm, at the end game, it's boring. I was expecting some cool-ass weapons that just go wild and some fucking w ridiculous mods. And I was expecting that kind of Borderlands thrill that you get where you find mm. something and you're like, hell yeah, man, let's wreak some havoc. Doesn't happen, man. It's like you get a samurai sword and... It can make enemies bleed faster than the previous bleed mod could. And that's it. And that's, it's a bummer. You could have gone so much further with that. Um, and I mean, my hope is that they make a sequel to this. I would love to see them have another swing at it. No pun intended. Mm. And, um, you know, if like go do the same thing that you did here, but then go wild with the weapons. And if you did that, I reckon you'd have something pretty special on, on your hands at that point. Because that was a big missing component of this. That would have added a lot of zhuzh to it, uh, and yeah, if they could, if they could come back with that, that'd be sick. I hope so as well because I don't think Dambuster has really had anything that's hit for a while. Because didn't they do? Um, oh God, what was that game that they made with like uh, the Homefront? Oh, yes, Homefront the Revolution. Yes. The revolution. Sure, yeah. Sure. yeah, and it feels yes. like they haven't really had much. Yeah, while. I mean, they, you could stick with this franchise. I think. I think if they announced a Dead Island, a Dead Island three, people would like, people would clap. They'd be like, "Yeah, I'm down for that. Let's go." It. You know. And so I think it's something they should they should consider sticking with. I would be interested in another one, uh, taking this foundation and building on it. Yeah, I, I think this team has has done has done good work for sure, for sure. And please continue it to not be on islands, because this one takes place yeah. in California. Yeah. The next one should <laughs> so also funny. be not an island and just like do an ironic New York thing. or something yeah. or New Jersey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that'd be that'd be sick. I like it. All right, so that's Dead Island. Now uh, a word from a couple of our sponsors. Stick around because we're going to talk about Star Wars Jedi. Uh, I forgot the name of the game. I was going to say Jedi <laughs> Fallen Order. Star. Oh boy, I always do that. Now a word from our sponsors. 
So this podcast is sponsored by Athletic Greens uh, with their all-in-one AG1 formula. Their mission is to empower you to take ownership of your health by building a simple daily habit. And I've been in this habit for a while. Just one scoop of this bad boy right here from this packet uh, with some water and you're good to go. It gives you a lot of stuff. It, it, I, you know, I wanted to improve my gut health. I wanted to just take better care of myself. I'm not really good in the nutrient department and AG1 has been a really good way to kind of get my morning started. Have you guys been kind of taking this in in the morning? Yeah, mm-hmm. they sent they sent me the kits and it has like a very fancy. Did you get the metal canister thing that they sent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's very nice. Is that it? Yeah. There? yeah, you got it. It's very nice. It lives in the fridge, and uh, yeah, and it's like one scoop a day. Um, my brother is a vegan and he has like a green smoothie every day, and I tried it once and I'm like, gross. This is disgusting. There's no way I can drink this every day. So I was a bit scared when I tried this. I was like, because it's it's a green liquid when you mix it all together, right? Yeah, but actually tastes all right you know what i mean like you know it's not like it's not like a dr pepper or anything don't get me wrong but i like the taste of it overall and it makes it very easy to actually drink it every day and yeah i like just starting my day knowing that i've done something good for my body because i'm (laughs) usually just gonna sit there playing video games for 16 hours which ruins my body so it's nice that i'm able to do at least one good thing for it at the start of the day yeah it's good to have all those nutrients for immune support like i said before gut health more energy uh better digestive system which i, I actually really appreciated not to get gross but yeah um, <laughs> can i do that is that okay yeah yeah you can definitely do that yeah, for yeah. Sure. Uh, so it's a really good thing to just make a part of your daily habit have it in the morning maybe before you work out or something like that that's what i do believe it or not you might not believe i work out but Yes, it comes with all this stuff. You can sign up and uh, you can get it essentially sent to your door every month. So if you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is giving you one free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So go to athleticgreens.com slash friends. That's athleticgreens.com slash friends. Check it out. So have you ever browsed in incognito mode? Well, it's probably not as incognito as you might think. And why would it be? Incognito mode, like the Chrome browser itself, is a Google product. And Google has made its fortune by tracking your movements online. There is even a $5 billion class action lawsuit against the company right here in California, where it's accused of secretly collecting user data. Google's defense, incognito does not mean invisible. So how do you actually make yourself as invisible as possible online? you use ExpressVPN, like we do. So obviously you wanna be as invisible as you can be online and protect yourself. And with ExpressVPN, every time you connect to it, you get a random IP address shared by many other ExpressVPN customers, which makes it way harder for third parties to identify you or harvest your precious, precious data. But it has other uses mm. too, doesn't it, Ralph? It does. Well, but actually for in Australia, we're geo-blocked from basically everything. So when it comes to like Netflix or whatever, like we can't even subscribe to HBO Max or whatever it is because, oh, you know, like we just don't have that here. Uh, or we have to watch it on some very crappy service that we have that runs at like 720p or something. So if you actually want to get proper like access to international streaming services, then you need a VPN. Then that's exactly what I use ExpressVPN for. And thankfully, it it's super easy to use. It's like one click and you're good yeah, to go. Totally. Yep. I use it too. I miss the BBC and I miss <laughs> Channel 4 On Demand. <laughs> and so if I am if I want to watch stuff like Come Dine With Me, I uh, log in and I pretend like I'm back in London and I use ExpressVPN. 
there's also exclusivities based off of which region of the world you're in. So stuff on Netflix mm -hmm. in America will not be the same as in the UK and Australia, mm -hmm. so on and so forth. So using a VPN, specifically ExpressVPN, helps you get around all those weird problems. So if you really want to go incognito today and protect your privacy, secure yourself with the number one rated VPN. Visit expressvpn.com slash FPS and get three extra months for free. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash FPS. Go to expressvpn.com slash FPS today to learn more. Hard mode, where is the colon in Star Wars Jedi Survivor? Star Wars colon Jedi Survivor. Where else could it be? I believe it's actually, I'm going to double check. But Star, I think it's Wars actually colon. Star Wars Jedi colon It's Star Survivor. Wars Jedi colon Survivor. It is not. It is. Yeah, man, the series is called Star Wars no, Jedi. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, right. Interesting. Okay. Wow. That is... Okay. Star Fair Wars enough. Jedi Fallen sur survive, Survivor. <laughs> Personally speaking, I would have done Star Wars colon Jedi colon Survivor, but that's... Um, it's a joke. I'm sorry. I would have put a hyphen in there. An M dash. Right, an M dash. <laughs> Oxford, comma, Star baby. Wars dot yeah, dot 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 dot. Star Wars Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the game is out. Uh, hey. If you're listening to this, and uh, you're probably playing it while listening to us, let's be I, real. Yeah. I hope you are because it's it's very good. I really like it's a fun it. Fun time. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I like it as much as the first one. The first one just had this kind of quaint, exciting yes. thing to it. It had some really good moments. It had it, it. Just felt like like wow. I can't believe this. This is what I wanted. This one just goes bigger and better and crazier. It throws the kitchen sink at you. Uh, mm -hmm. thankfully it does still have a lot of that heart. It has some good story. Uh, but there's a lot of just like running around and doing stuff and a little less like being on the run from inquisitors. I mm -hmm. do like that Lucasfilm let and Lucasfilm games like let respawn really go. And I'm not spoiling anything, but like really do a bit more with the lore and have fun with it and make their own mark and tell their own kind of out there sci-fi adventure. In yeah. this, you're not necessarily like right deep in the thick of what's going on in the timeline. You're doing your own thing in the outer reaches, and it lets them kind of flex a little bit. It's kind of mm -hmm. like if you liked Respawn kind of doing like cool stuff with the Zepho and this like ancient lore. Like if you like that, they, they're able to do a lot more stuff like that here. Um, and then also just have a bunch of crazy fighting styles and let you mm -hmm. just it like live out your... Your, your Jedi fantasy, essentially. Uh, yeah. How did you guys make your Cal look? Because oh. you can customize him. I've just left him as default. Is that uh, bad? Uh, I don't think it's bad. Yeah, I look like a bunch of... I don't I've think got like bad. a handlebar mustache that I unlocked for him, but then I was like, no. I, you know, Cameron, Cameron Monaghan's a good-looking guy. Keep I don't want to give him all that. <laughs> I, when I, whenever I play games like this, I, I equip what's given to me in the moment just to be like, oh, this is fun. And then I'll find something else and go, oh, I'll try this on. So for me, it's just as I've been unlocking, I'm like, I'm going to try this and then I'm going to try that. And then as I'm like getting better at the game, understanding it, learning it, I go, okay, now that I know what I'm in for, now I'm going to look as, as cool or as, as yeah. not cool as I want. I agree. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's actually, yeah. it's a quite a fascinating approach to cosmetics, I think. Because you, obviously, as you play the game, you unlock a lot of cosmetics. In fact, it's kind of the main driver of exploration in the game, right? There's 
there's the yeah, there's your main missions and then there's these big open world areas and they'll have little side activities in them like climb up this thing and swing across there and then use the force to um, move a boulder and then boom what do you get at the end of that you get a new mustache and that's it right <laughs> and it sounds funny to say it aloud but like that is actually the loop for a lot of this game yep. and you'd think that that would be kind of lame but it's not i don't think because for one it's kind of fun to just swing around as a jedi and use the force to move a boulder like and that you do get that experience formula. points sometimes like you or have yeah, sure. boosts. of well, course every, every of course. time you open a box or something you get a little yeah. bit of experience or if you find yeah. a force echo or something but you know. yeah. it's them it's them being confident in or realizing like they're they're it's cool i love star wars and i love uh star wars jackets and this game is just like <laughs> yes. jacket representation Totally, but that that is my that's exactly the point I was going to make, which is like I think Respawn understood that Star Wars is cool, and that people who play this game think Star Wars is cool, and so what there are scattered throughout the world are these crafting benches, and I'm like, okay, cool, a crafting bench. You are going to give me, and I'm not sure if this comes later on because I'm only about halfway through the game. I'm like, this crafting bench will clearly be used by me to upgrade my lightsaber with with new stats and new mods to make my lightsaber and weapons more powerful, okay? <laughs> I'm halfway through the game. Nope. That's not the case. Nope. The no only stats. Thing, uh, the only thing these workbenches are used for is customizing the look of your lightsaber after you've unlocked different cosmetics that and allow BD1. you to customize it. And BD1, of course. But I'm like, at first I was like, this is so dumb. Why would you do this? You've got all these benches around. What a waste of time. But now when I'm like around and I get to a new bench and I found some cosmetics, I'm like, yeah, man, time to make my fucking light. Let's go. You know, I sit there <laughs> rotating the lightsaber thing, adding new pieces, change. I love it. I oh, love yeah. it. And I just think mm-hmm. it's such an interesting, as I said, it's a fascinating approach to cosmetics because they're all in game, all in, earned for free. They are the central driver of exploration in the game. And there are these benches that really kind of encourage you to just fuck around and make your cool ass lightsaber and whatever. And I just think it really shows how much Respawn understood the appeal of that and and lent mm. into it. Because I think most other games would have this as just like a little side thing. But this is like a very core cool part of the game. I love it, it. It feels important to the to the average Star Wars fan. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know if you guys have ever been to the the Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland yep. for Star Wars. Ooh. Ralph, mm-hmm. when you are here, if you want to go, we'll I, go. I'd like to go. Um, there, the you milk. can you can purchase a a like replica lightsaber of your favorites, or you can make your own um, lightsaber from start to finish. And they it's, it's like a lightsaber ceremony. You choose your <laughs> saber crystal, and you you like are given pieces, and you are, are amongst people in the room. And that whole thing is like a 35 minute experience and you just feel so like, this is my lightsaber because I'm a Jedi. And that's exactly... Does that, that cost like four thousand dollars? It's do that. a lot. It's like it's like I think it's like eighty five bucks. I think something like that. Maybe oh, maybe it's more. Not that bad. That's not as bad it, as I expected. It, it might be it might be more. I think because so now because well, it comes with a carrying case too. It comes in a cool little bag. That sounds um, cheap for what that is. I'm surprised. I, 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 let me double How check. How are you going to get that I feel like I, I may have a Star Wars. I'm I'll just, just hold I mean, it up to the be like and go, mate. It's a fucking lightsaber. What do you expect <laughs> this is? And he's like, oh, I don't know about that. He'll let me. Yeah, yeah I, it's probably more than what I asked about uh, or what I talked yeah. about. Um, probably closer but to knowing them, it's like 120 bucks, something like that. But still, it's it's. That does it's sound a, cool. It's a high quality. Oh, I oh either they raised the price or I'm very wrong because yeah, uh, it's it's actually way more. It's 200 bucks. 
Okay. Oh, okay. Well, but still, that sounds about right for what I'm imagining yeah. that experience to be. Yeah. 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 But yeah, it does. So that is, it is, that is, is with sex, cool. everything. Yeah. But it does feel special. It's your moment to be a Jedi, right? And I think that's what the game really understands is that, hey, these benches are very important uh, for you, the player, to feel like you're getting your own Jedi experience in this linear yet open world um, Jedi experience. I, yeah. It, yeah. I Go on. It succeeds in 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 that stuff. Like I I really think like just going back to like what respawn gets like little things. Like I have a weird theory where they're going for like a, a progression where in the first game Cal is very much simple humble dressed person. In this one he wears sick jackets just like in <laughs> Empire Strikes Back. And if they make another one he's gonna have sick Jedi robes. But that's besides oh. the point. I just no. I love what they understand here. They yes. add stuff and it feels right. They have music, they have moments that feels right. It doesn't feel super pandery. It brings in characters, it brings in moments that you know from regular proper Star Wars, but it doesn't overdo it. It doesn't ruin them. And then it 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 also kind of I don't want to say like makes the same mistakes as like expanded Star Wars lore, but does the same weird stuff where it's like, oh, okay, now I guess everybody can use the force. Like it, <laughs> you do have to suspend mm. some disbelief if you're just a fan of the core movies. But yeah, I think it, it, I think it still ultimately can work for everybody. Yes. Well, that's the thing because I'm not a Star Wars person. <laughs> I am going to see. Re- I mean, I say that I am going to see Star Return Wars. of the Jedi in theaters on Monday. Oh, that new poster um, is so cool. They put out. They like re-released yeah. a poster for it. It looks Did they? sick. Oh my god, oh, it is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Nice. Sorry, I, I grew up with Star Wars. I grew up with the original trilogy, and then everything about Star Wars got exhausting and overbearing. Mm. And I don't begrudge people who like Star Wars. I just cannot keep up with it. It's very exhausting as an online person. Um, and some of it has just been straight up bad. You know, yes. like talking about the TV shows and stuff. You know, yes. some of it great. Apparently, the Clone Wars is fantastic. But you know, you look at something like. Ooh, Boba Fett, Obi-Wan, you know. Uh, But anyway, so as someone who doesn't really care about Star Wars, I found it very approachable to... I I will say my biggest piece of advice, watch a recap on YouTube because the one in-game is like... Yeah. It's quick. Not very useful at all. It's like a music it's video, much, man. <laughs> it's, it's not it, well, They literally do the the Sora going through the ground to Atari. When you walk away. <laughs> Wait, you know. um, so watch it on YouTube first. Um, but I found myself just getting into it so, so quickly. I think the performances are great. I think it's a... I don't want to damn it with faint praise by saying it's a good Star Wars story. I want to say it's just a good story, period. And mm. I think it's really pulling me through. Um, but the two things that really, um, three things that I wanted to call out. Number one, have you guys seen the trophy names? Because no. they are really funny. No. Th- there's some where it's like, now that's not pod racing. There's one <laughs> called This Is Canon. Um, um, stuff cool. like that. They, there are so many inside jokes um, on the trophy names. So that's number one. Number two, level design is, oh, it's really good. I found myself getting into such a flow state very, very quickly because it is a to to quote a Ralphism, it's a video game ass video game. No, video that's game not ass that's video Jake's. game. That's You've said it before. I've said it because I'm quoting Jake. That's just, <laughs> and, oh, I, uh, and I didn't come up with game. it. That's like an old <laughs> Game Informer thing or like a Game <laughs> yeah, Pro right. thing. Yeah. I love how good. I love how everyone's like, no credit, 
credit words. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's so, right. Thank you, Game Informer. But like, I picked up that controller and I I fell off Jedi Fallen Order pretty quickly. I did. I think well, obviously it came out same year as Sekiro, and you know where I put my I uh, went the direction I went. But this one, I was like immediately running on walls. Mm. Even though, even though I will say they are not so overbearing with telling you what exactly a runnable wall looks like. It's not, you know, Uncharted with the yellow paint or Assassin's Creed with the white edges. It's very, very subtle. And I really appreciated that. But I found myself getting into this flow state. And as soon as I was unlocking shortcuts, because I still don't really like the map in it. The map is a bit... I don't know, sure. a little a more confusing than I would kind of would like. But as soon as I was unlocking shortcuts, just figuring out the way that the world worked, figuring out how combat fit into that, figuring out how Jedi powers worked into it. I love that it's called a Jedi flip, by the way. It's like the <laughs> lamest thing they could have called it when he does his double jump. <laughs> yeah, he does. Um, yeah. Now it's important. And it's I just find myself really, really enjoying it. And I'm about five or so hours in, mm. and I'm just like, yeah, they've got me. Like the way that levels like back around on themselves the the way that you can just kind of automatically recognize that i won't be able to get there just yet but i will keep that in mind um the way stuff opens up i am really enjoying and mm. number three because we have to talk about him that little freak turgle or whatever oh, the hell his name is fucking <laughs> love oh my turgle. god <laughs> turgle's good is he voiced oh by god. uh he sounds Zim. like it is him He's voiced by the Invader Zim. Of, I, I, it's so, yeah. I feel so bad. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, he's incredible. Richard, Richard something. Because I looked Horvitz. this up today. Yes. Yeah. Richard yeah, Horvitz. I don't want to yeah, um, get too much into the narrative, but uh, there is a moment where our main hero does something nice. And the moment it happens, I'm always, I, there's this like cool reveal that I'm like, ooh, ooh, I like this a lot. And I, I know I'm being fake because I don't want to ruin it for anyone, but we can talk about it after this if you guys want. But uh, there's definitely this 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 like cool moment of like, good guy do good thing, and then the thing happened that I'm like, woo! <laughs> so fun, so cool. Yeah, I, yeah, I really like, I think that has such a good grasp of emotion of mm. what is going to make you smile versus move you. I was very, like, I think the facial animations are fantastic. Definitely has a lot of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy vibes in terms of the video game. You know, I, I don't think mm. it's swinging quite, quite as strongly in terms of story. Yeah. But I think it's in that same sort of, like, ballpark. And I really, really enjoy every new cutscene and every new character that I meet. And that's what I'm really taking away from it more than anything else. And, and that was the same with the first game, really. Like, that was it mm. for me. Yeah. Um, I'm a little bit bummed that this hasn't really fixed what i think was some of the core problems with jedi, the jedi i series. agree yeah. i think it actually just doubled down on its choices instead of uh fixing them um combat. yeah yeah yes. com- like this is i don't I, mm. I think i said this in my original video but i i it was more prevalent in this one and you guys can agree with me disagree with me doesn't matter um this there's one thing this game this like franchise of jedi has taken from the force unleashed Mm. And it's that the lightsaber does not feel impactful. Yes. It feels like mm. I have a plastic baton that does damage as opposed <laughs> to like, this is the, the ancient weapon of the Jedi that I've grown to love. And, and as you progress through the, it, it, it was, there was trickles of that in the first game, but I kind of forgave it because I was like, Oh, that's a fun aspect, you know, to this narrative and the setting and, and all this stuff. But the second game kind of just doubled down on that. It just feels like, I have I have a cool lightsaber, but it's also kind of plasticky in the way that combat is is fleshed yeah. out. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but no, I think totally... they've done the best they can with 
that being a reality where you can't one hit kill everything. I think they have the best mm. kind of compromise between like the, the, when enemies kind of deflect you, like you're like, okay, I get it. Like yeah. you at least get scorch marks. Now arms and legs do pop off for the finishers. For me, it's like, it's cool. I still get as much as like, yeah, you have to whack an enemy a couple of times when you it, when you do something skilled, the game really makes you feel like you are super adept and you get that satisfaction, that endorphin rush, at least endorphin rush, rush, at least for me, when I walk into a room and it's like two skinny little string bean battle droids and you're like, there he is, get him. And you <laughs> cut one down, you deflect a, you like when you just get like a perfect boom, 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 no hit sure. run. Like it's like, mm-hmm. that was good. Yeah. But I get what you mean. I, I get why some people just feel like it's like a whiff ball bat. I think it's just always going to be a thing with Star Wars, unfortunately. I, you might be right, but I feel like there are certain ways to make it progress more efficiently. I don't know. Ralph, yeah. what were you, you going to say, Ralph? No, I, I was going to say I totally agree with Shake in that when you are fighting little stormtroopers, battle droids, that when you can do the one-hit shit, you know, it really feels on point. Yeah. Because, yeah, you feel like a badass Jedi and this is sick, but I think the combat really breaks down when anything takes more than a few hits to kill. Not because it's about mm-hmm. the immersion factor of the lightsaber or whatever, because I just think it's kind of clunky and awkward. And it's like the animation pairing is not great. The hit detection is not great. The way enemies move, it's not fluid. It's just, it's not a, I don't think it's a good combat framework. And I think, I think I've become more discerning about this over the years. Like as I've been reviewing games and focusing more on this stuff, I think when I played the original, I was like, yeah, it's fine. It's, yeah, it's a Jedi game. We'll swing the lights there. We have some fun. And that is true, by the way. Like I enjoy the combat. Mm-hmm. It's a good laugh, like whatever. But I definitely don't think it's good combat. And I think that its issues are really highlighted during boss battles. I'm not sure what you guys have, have, have you've done many bosses. I've probably done I would half say, a dozen. I would say creature battles they suck they really suck creature battles Uh, yeah i like the one-on-one lightsaber stuff though yeah even then i just feel like it's very easy and cheesy and like the it's just super simple to just hit the block button at a a random time and you'll probably parry you swing your sword the combos aren't particularly interesting you don't have a broad move set that really allows you to be expressive there's nothing that really links you between the different stances that you can move from one to the other in some cool combo. That There's yeah. nothing like that. It's just very functional, very basic. And so um, I get through combat as something just to get through rather than something I really enjoy. I love the cutscenes. I love the exploration. I love this world. I love the sense of Star Wars. But um, the combat is just the... And when I get to a boss, I'm just like, oh, this is wrong. Did you guys... Have you guys noticed bosses also one or two hit you? Have you guys found that in some oh, yeah. bosses? Well, I, oh, yeah. man. I'm oh, just yeah. like, what's going on here? Like, this is not <laughs> fun. I'm, some I'm, of them are I'm, bullshit. I'm playing on Grand Master Jedi setting. So, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, but, like, even on, the, even on the normal difficulty, you'll encounter some creature bosses. Like the... Um, the Rancor. Uh, yeah. Rancor. Yeah. He will just one hit you. you. And you're just yeah, like... it's not fair. What are you... What's going on here and it's like it's not like you're under leveled for that zone or anything or if you are it doesn't tell you yeah and i'm just like all right i guess i'll just do it again but never get hit the whole encounter and just do it until it's perfect which some games demand that in a certain ways but not this one and not in this way and it sucks you know so uh um yeah i I think what this game does is bolt on a bunch of new stuff versus fixing some of the core stuff which is okay i think Structurally, it's really interesting how much this becomes like God of War Ragnarok, I think, 
you know, with this yeah. like this base, Great this comparison. ensemble cast of characters that you're bringing in, uh, these hub worlds that you explore for different reasons. The other one felt kind of like Uncharted Four or like Lost Legacy. Damn it, Ralph! Else. Get out of my head! I wrote both of the I wrote both of these into my Jedi Survivor script. Now I have to go back and fix it, Ralph. Damn it! Sorry. Ah! I'm sorry. Great, great minds, man. Great minds. But um. No, but it is. It's it's like it makes that transition into a broader, um, you know, RPG epic almost. And I think it's a successful transition because those other elements that it adds, they work. But again, you know, one of God of War is this masterpiece in large part because its combat sandbox is just so fucking good. Yeah. And this does not hold a candle to that. And if it did, I think, you know, this game would hold a lot more appeal, especially to the, you know, hardcore, you know, melee action and, and purists and whatever. I think it, yeah, I, I, because that's where I do agree with you. I like the combat because I'm coming it, I, I'm coming to it more for the, the, the wish fulfillment, the fun of it. I think the, the visual effects, the feedback, the vibration of the controller, the when you get the power, like I love that stuff. Uh, but everything you said about like the stances, changing between the stances, uh, and my big complaint I said in the before you buy was uh, move variation. I want more. I don't necessarily yes. need a million stances. Yeah, um, sure. I want more move variation within just maybe one or you. two. You know, like yeah, you totally. upgrade the skill trees decent, you'll get a couple of things, but nothing massive. You're still kind of doing the same couple of swings you're doing from the beginning of the game yes. to the end of the game. There's other things built on that, but I, I could have used a, a little more. Yeah, mm. totally, totally. Hey, you guys all played it on PS5, right? Yeah, and it was. I feel so bad for you, man, because yeah, I've had no issues at all, really. I have yeah. And then in the Discord, but... you were like, "Hey, guys, I don't have sound." <laughs> <laughs> I played it on PC. The PC port is. Uh, look, I don't want to lean into this too hard because there are patches. Okay, now to be clear, we played pre. I played pre Day Zero patch, and it was very shit. Okay, very shit in, to, in terms of like, because I played on two PCs, an RTX 4090, an RTX 2080 Ti. 2080 Ti in the open world sections, I could not maintain a, 30, a stable 30 FPS at like 1080p low settings. It was fucked. Like it was oh, properly God. fucked. And uh, in, the, in the more linear sections, it's like better. Um, you know, even turning on Fidelity FX does basically nothing. It just massively degrades the image. My 4090 machine, um, you know, playing it at 4K with like, you know, high settings, no ray tracing on, it can't maintain a 60, a stable 60 FPS in the open world settings. When you're in the more narrow areas, it's like 75-ish. Open your menu and it drops to like 20 FPS. Transition between areas, it drops to 30 FPS. Um, it's it's fucked. Plus, I had this audio glitch where every single cutscene I was playing, the audio was massively desynced and repeating over and over again. So cut, the characters were talking over each other with repeating lines of dialogue. It wasn't just one cutscene, it was every cutscene, okay? So that was pre-Day Zero patch. And then the Day Zero patch arrived, and EA says, look, it's going to in, in deliver some improvements. And I'm like, okay, cool, tested it, did nothing. I still had the same audio glitch, I still had the same poor performance. That is where I'm at right now, mm. and I will be trying the nut, the new patch that apparently is going to drop for launch. Like they're going to do like a a day one PC patch. I don't believe consoles are getting another patch, but I know PC is. Um, 
so it's really, really fucking shit. Like it's, I, I've never once had a situation because I actually review games on the 2080 Ti machine because the 4090 is like, hey guys, it runs really well on a $9,000 PC. That's dumb, okay? So I try and review it on the 2080 Ti, which is still a strong card, by the way. But that's the first time I've ever reviewed something where I'm like, you know what? I can't review it on this machine. It's too shit. You know, I just had to step off it. And so I've actually reviewed the half of the game that I've played, I've played on the 4090 and even then not been remotely satisfied with its performance. Critically, changing options doesn't do anything. Like you can lower the resolution down to 1080p on an RTX 4090 card and still will not be able to hit 60 FPS. You lower everything to low settings. You don't gain any, yeah. So the optimization plus GPU and CPU utilization when I was testing them never went above like 30 or 40% on my high-end machine mm. which obviously just tells you there's all sorts of problems so mm. um i don't know like again maybe you're playing this now when this podcast is live and the days one patch worked a miracle and it runs fantastically well that'll be the very first time i've ever seen that happen in the entire time i've reviewed video games i'm pretty yeah. sure it's still going to be a massive mess uh and it's such a bummer because i really like this game in many aspects but I'm probably just going to put it down for now and not finish it until this these PC patches roll that through bad, because huh? it's that bad. Like again, yeah. I have all my cutscenes are fucked. Like yeah, I can't listen to them. You know what I mean? And all the emotion that I see in those cutscenes is kind of sucked out by by this glitch. And when I'm entering open world spaces, the, the frame rate just chugs down. I enter combat. It's just it's awful. You know. Well, so yeah, two, very two, rough. Two things real quick. One, I don't know about about you, Jake, but my PS5 experience was pretty good but it got better after a patch like it, yeah. it was it was rough the first couple days and then the, when the patch came out it it performed better it's got um, like a lot of those same weird things as um hogwarts legacy it's got like these weird flickering textures it's got like occasional yeah, a lot of that. frame drops and weird issues like it's still definitely a little undercooked yeah For and sure. two the second thing i want to talk about is uh ralph a one uh greg Miller from <laughs> from kind of funny I, I, just I, tweeted, tweeted tweet, just just Greg Greg Miller from kind of funny uh, just tweeted at you not in the middle of this uh, oh, podcast did. recording. Oh God! And oh, God. Uh, well, what's he, he he's playing his heel character. He's playing oh, his heel character guy. of the anti PC character. guy. Maybe that's just him. You know, I'm I'm starting to believe it more and more. Uh, and I, I just want to I just want to quote. I want to read his quote for you right now, Ralph. This is about your tweet about your review he said <laughs> if there had only been a brave handsome soul for who for 16 plus years had spent his career talking about the dangers of pc gaming this is in regards to himself shucks we just could have seen this coming thoughts and prayers to pc gamers and their life partners and then he put bracket their pet rats um so greg miller i know you don't watch this show because you're busy making like three thousand other shows relax dude we're may, may, let some room for us out there uh, if you want to come on our show and talk about it, you're great. You, you're more than welcome to. Uh, but wait, until I'm just then... gonna find the succession. Shut up, Greg. Reaction image. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> to, be fair, to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, I I gotta I will I will back Greg a little bit on this because anytime my PC stops working or I have an issue, which is all the time. I turn so. it to him and I'm like, I hate <laughs> PC gaming. It's the worst. Hey, like, when I when I do I, pop off. When I when I completed Dead Space, they gave me a Dead Space for me, they gave me a PC code. And I was like, console? And they said no PC. And uh I ran into more bugs on PC 
uh, for like a, it wasn't that bad, but there were a couple of game breaking bugs where I had panic attacks. And then luckily hmm. they had a patch that fixed it before the date the game came out. But I was definitely, definitely going like, why didn't they get a PS5 code? I, but you know, <laughs> I, I, I kind, I slightly agree with Greg, but I don't agree with his overall sentiment. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, Sent. I mean, it's, it's, we actually joked about this recently where I was like, this is why I'm a PC gamer because you know, nine out of 10 ports suck, but sometimes you get a good one and it's all worth it, you know? Uh, and, um, and it's a joke, but it's also partly true right now in the sense that, yeah, most PC ports seem to really fucking suck. Uh, and like, it's just, it's so annoying. Look, and this is the thing, right? I'm sympathetic to developers because when you're making a game for one console, that's your baseline. You make it for that one console mm. and you know what it's capable of and you can twist, you can like, you know, optimize it for that one device. When you make a game for PCs, you're talking about so many graphics cards, so many like hard drive configurations and speeds, CPUs, whatever. So many things that you need to accomp- that you need to make room for to get a game properly optimized. We always use the word optimization none of us know what that actually means. Like, we don't know what it means to actually optimize a video game, right? But we know that it should be done. And I am sympathetic to developers whose job it is to optimize games so they work properly on PC because I know it's much harder than doing it on console, for sure. Having said that, if it's not optimized, just fucking delay the game, okay? Just say, guys, it's coming out on console on this day. We're not happy with the PC port yet. We're going to release that in a few weeks or whatever when it's done. The PC community will be like, thank you for being honest with us. We'll, we appreciate you. I'm sure some yeah, people will, well, will bitch. And, and to your credit, Ralph, though, I think that, like, when you have a console game, the, yeah. it's usually tied to a physical release as well, right? For a big box thing. So Best Buy or Target or Walmart getting copies of of Jedi Survivor, right? That's that's a yeah. hard release date they can't. But PC, sure. very rarely is there code. ever. Yeah, it's a digital code at the end of the day. So like mm-hmm. in that instance, pushing it a couple days or a week for it to be better does yeah. make the better call, I feel. Because like look Wild Hearts for example, another title from EA recently. It's actually a really great game. Like I really recommend it if you're into that sort of thing. But it just completely lost all momentum on launch because of its horrible performance. And in particular on PC where it was just atrocious. And it's kind of like, how much is that worth to you? You know, is that not worth coming out and saying we're delaying the game for six weeks, two months so that you get a positive news cycle when that game launches? Like maybe the like eggheads or whatever you call it, business people are like, no, we're going to lose money if we do that because they don't delay their games on PC. I don't know. I don't know because it's just... It's crazy to me how often this happens and also how flagrant it is. It's not just a few hiccups here and there. It's Mm -hmm. clearly very broken-ass PC ports that are properly fucked that they would have been able to see in development and they ship them anyway. And it's kind of like, oh, man. Are they all just low-priority or something? Like, is it just they're all underfunded or rushed? The PC market is massive. That's the thing. It's bigger than it it could ever be. It's it's so big now. So why? I think... Well, there might be a couple things, right? Like, uh... You know, I this is me just speculating. I don't, I'm not a I'm not a professional. Please, um, like the 4090 generation of current GTX cards, right? When did it officially come out? Last year? Yeah, like last November, mm. Decem- La- December. So, yeah. so the card's not even a year old, right? No, barely six months. Barely six months. So, how? I, I again, I'm not I'm not a, a professional in this way, but having a card, having 4090s, working with Nvidia. 
all those stuff aside, like if you are optimizing for that particular hardware and the game's been worked on for three or four years on hmm. the PC scale and you have to readjust for emerging technology, you'd have to work with NVIDIA and AMD and whoever to ensure that your hardware works on day one. And that feels a little hard to kind of deliver on that promise when the card officially became available back in November and not everyone can purchase the brand new card that the game supposedly is building its entire core performance on. You know what I mean? So like that, that has I, to play I, a factor. I, I right? understand I understand what you're saying. And again, I, I'm not a developer, so I can't say definitively one way or the other. But ideally, this is it's essentially... Uh, my understanding is that it should be fine for developers. It, the, the 4090, for example, just gives you a lot more grunt and a lot more power. You know sure. what I mean? So theoretically, it should be like, well, we've just got some more headroom for us to be able to operate in. And so therefore, you know, we baselines for around some lower end cards. That's where we want to get the thing running really well and comfortably. And then we want to be able to add on additional features and higher performance with higher end cards. Again, I'm talking on my ass here. I'm not a developer, whatever else, right? But I think you make an interesting point about working with the likes of NVIDIA because this game does not ship with DLSS. And that is an important thing. Just not to get too technical here, but lately what we've definitely seen is PC games becoming very reliant on DLSS technology to maintain stable frame rates. Running them natively doesn't go so well, okay? And so to get a game running pretty smoothly, we often have to use DLSS to you know get that frame rate up and feeling nice and comfortable it's really great technology because it does result in great performance with only very minimal degradation of the image okay but this game does not have dlss and as a result it's like we're just say there is amd on it there's amd fidelity effects but it's nowhere near as potent and it also results in a lot more image degradation so all of this is by way of saying the industry has become quite reliant on dlss right now and to see a new release game ship without it, you can feel, you can really feel its absence. You know what I mean? Uh, so yeah, man, it, the, the state of PC development is not great right now. And we shouldn't be relying on third-party <laughs> solutions like DLSS. It, the base product should work regardless of, of fidelity effects or DLSS or whatever. Uh, and that's definitely not happening, happening on too many games, which really sucks. Mm. So um yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, I would never give up PC gaming, though. I mean, I'm, like, ride or die with this shit. Like, uh, I, 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 as, as I made that joke earlier, 9 out of 10 suck, but 1's good. But when 1 is good, it's really good. You know, like, I play Destiny on the, my machine, and it's at 120 FPS, keyboard and mouse controller. Like, it's beautiful. And that's, you can't, you just can't get that same experience on a console. And I'm okay with putting up with all the bullshit um, to continue living this PC life. Um also now it's partly my job to kind of report mm. on it because uh, you know already that tweet that i put out about the performance definitely doing the rounds and i'm actually quite surprised to be honest that more outlets haven't called out this pc performance more clearly because it's so problematic and i've read through some of these reviews and i'm like you reviewed this on pc and you i don't know i'm surprised to be honest yeah uh, you so, i yeah. always kind of defer to you in my mm. reviews i was like Hey, if you want someone who is more technically minded on that, I'm just like the fun factor guy. Is it good? Is it bad? Uh, check out. I always say check out Scale Up or Digital Foundry because yeah. um, I still think I those say, perspectives are valid. And I think it's like people who are equipped to do it do a really good service. So thank you for filling that void. Not to like kiss well, your ass, but. 
No, no, but I mean, I feel like my technical knowledge is like a four out of 10, for example. Like I just get the basics, right? But then there's like Digital Foundry who really know oh, their yeah. shit. And I, mm-hmm. and I definitely flick people onto them as a lot as well and say, you know, because they're like that sort of eight, nine, 10 out of 10 level of knowledge when it comes to this stuff. And I'm really eagerly anticipating their video on, on Jedi Survivor because like I know that they are testing it and I mean, they have two eyes like I do and they have <laughs> frame counters and they're going to be able to see it. And uh, yeah, so that's going to be interesting coverage from them for sure. Well, with that, let's move on over to one of my favorite segments to make me feel old. It's uh, (laughs) This Week in the Wayback, hosted by our King Gerard. Hello, I'm the King Gerard. What's going on, everyone? Uh, This day in gaming, (laughs) we're talking about the weeks of uh, April 18th up through or the rather the week of april 18th through the 27th plus around that zone you guys ready to feel real old i'll go first always i'll go first ladies and gentlemen 1992 let me tell you about a little game called kirby's dreamland for the game boy the very first kirby game all right wow it's 1992 it is 31 years old Thirty years. Yeah, that's pretty old. Thirty-one. I mean, that's old in game terms. But I always thought I thought he was uh, older than that. I thought he was an '80s boy. He's a he's a baby boy. He's a '90s kid, like Mm. us. God bless him. Yeah, right. Uh, Jake, what do you got for us? Wait, is Kirby a boy? I don't know. I don't know. Why don't I know that? I I feel like it's a. It could be an it just because it's like an alien thing. Is Kirby a boy? (laughs) um hey google is kirby a boy is kirby a guy uh he's a a dude is kirby a dude yeah he is yeah kirby described by nintendo as a boy allegedly in the original english manual for kirby's dreamland in 1992 he is described as a boy perfect but sakurai has said that kirby's a genderless my google is still reading the description stop Google, stop <laughs> telling me about his creation and how he was a little boy in 1992 on the manual. Stop. Okay, we're good. Sorry, excuse right. me. Jake, what, what's your game in the, in oh, the way boy. back this so week? I'm predictable, and everybody thought I was going to do Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker, which is 13 years ago, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do Grand Theft Auto 4, which Ooh. released 15 years ago in what? 2008. Dude, it's a big anniversary year for Rockstar. Because it's, what, 15 years for GTA 4, 5 years of Red Dead 2, 10 years oh, wow. of GTA 5. years five. of Red Dead? I want to go back to bed. Yeah. That's crazy. And it's <laughs> the company's 25th anniversary is all this year. Wow. Mm, well, I think a good one is definitely Grand Theft Auto 4. Yeah, I really damn. like it. Um, it definitely set the stage for how Rockstar games would kind of play and feel moving forward. Uh, mm. But I, I, I really keep going back to it. And the busted PC version. See what I did oh, there? Yeah. Um, <laughs> specifically because it's a really good snapshot of New York. It is not New York. It's Liberty City. But it is heavily, heavily inspired by real New York. And I still think that game, to this day, with its age, captures like the, the feel, the atmosphere, the essence of New York more than most games really have. And I think that's absolutely wild. Uh, New York has changed. New York feels different now. But I like going back to that for like that old, real, genuine New York feel. It is so cool. The neighborhoods are perfect. The neighborhoods actually kind of 
like vaguely feel and look and appear how they are in real life. Like it, it really like was something else. And then of course, like the fact that they like told like the story of an immigrant coming mm. to New York, like was very cool. A really interesting story. It kind of like, it was still like wacky GTA weirdness, but you know, you could tell it was Rockstar wanting to tell more complex, more nuanced stories. So it was kind of like a really good kicking off point for that. Yeah. And Nico was awesome. I just love Nico. I also loved uh, the Ballad of Gay Tony DLC. Oh, hmm. hell yeah. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's great. It's so much fun. Yeah. Just a good package. I mean, the Lost in the Dam, Ballad of Gay Tony, like there was like good variety to that. Like those were oh, like yeah. genuinely exciting expansions like i don't even, mm -hmm. i don't even want to say dlc dlc feels like negative like they were yes. just genuine expansions and i i love that game it's a it's a yeah. weird one it's it's not the best controlling or best playing <sighs> or best driving but it's just charming it's kind of like uh oblivion almost where i feel mm -hmm. like everyone talks so much about morrowind and skywind uh, skywind uh, skyrim uh, but then there's obviously like this other one in between that, which, you know, a lot of people really love as mm -hmm. like the thing, as their like their best thing within that series. Yeah. Yeah. Four is, um, it's complicated. Uh, my one is uh, 39 years ago, this week, Duck Hunt released on the wow. net. Wow. 39 years. Can oh you believe God. that? I wow. was like, fuck, that is crazy. I still remember getting a nez with duck hunt in my lounge room when i was like four years old i remember Yo, does that mean shooting that, at the screen does does that mean we're close to mario's 40th i mean gotta be right mario's yeah. just about to hit 20 prime man 2025 will be mario's 40th anniversary wow yeah, right. i don't i don't want to yeah. think about that the year of mario <laughs> how many years is that going to be four Didn't decades we just have of, the year of mario Got a year of Luigi. Brands. Look, just, I'm every year's a year look, of something that look. Want you to I'm buy. still mourning the year of Luigi. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, me too. I'm still. I I never stop celebrating the year of Luigi, Lucy. It's never. the year of Luigi every year in my heart. Okay, Gerard. <laughs> I'm always thinking and about if, him. If I if I can quote the Mario movie real quick, get Luigi'd. All yeah. right, that is a line in the movie. You just got <laughs> Luigi'd. That's what's Gosh. up. Luigi'd Duck Hunt was genuinely really fun to play so i, I oh, got incredible. it as a, so i i had an, an nas first but i was a 90s kid so like i had seen 3d games but like the actual sure. games i had first was duck hunt uh super mario like the third one tetris like stuff like that but duck hunt was yeah. the one where it just felt so just like quirky and weird with how the dog yep. would laugh at you and the yeah, dog yeah, on yeah. screen had like emotion to him and like he actually kind of like like he he were you know mario is like a little like couple of pixels blob the dog popped up on screen and like looked yeah. like a cartoon and yeah. it was like mind-blowing at the time it's so stupid but that also the the zapper itself is just such a good peripheral it was. Like it's sturdy it was so sturdy like it really felt fantastic to hold it yeah and you felt like such a badass shooting it you know what i mean like that feeling that never got old, like playing Time Crisis in arcade or mm. back in the PS1 when you like got the got a, the light guns at home. That's the that true. Just never wore that's, off. That's that's the true problem with like the evolution of HD TVs and even yeah. modern arcades. Is that like I was at round one the other day and I was playing a Tomb Raider, like four player shooter game. Oh, the arcade one based off the arcade 2012's one. 
game? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I was looking at the gun. The gun felt very real and very sturdy. And how you reloaded was you cocked it from the top. But I looked and there was no like CRT sensor thing. It's I think it's AR or or, or IR or I don't know how they received it, but it just didn't feel like a CRT experience. Cause in my opinion, CRTs just emulate the best way of, of of a light gun game. Just the technology was genius for what it is. You don't see that anymore. Mm. It's now if you do, it's like you put your Wemote in a plastic or your remote in a gun or nowadays your switch in a little gun holder and you try and play House of the Dead remake the at, at one mm. P one FPS. Oh. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Lucy. Yeah. Oh me. What is your pick? So mine is not I don't know. I was surprised at this one. I felt it came out much more recently but six years ago this week was what remains of edith finch which is one of oh, yeah. my favorite games of all time as I've someone oh i never great. finished it as someone mm. with a weird family who has experienced a lot of death <laughs> i've done shit. finger guns so many times in this episode i'm so sorry i don't know what's got into me especially in that one <laughs> yeah. experienced a lot of death no it is a really beautiful and well-told story about grief and and death and uh family members who maybe don't necessarily communicate as much and uh all set in this really beautiful quirky house and i just remember the first time i ever played it getting completely overwhelmed by it especially i mean everyone's always going to call out the uh the bathtub i think if you've played the game you know exactly what i'm talking about with the bathtub and I think it was just such a creative way to explore grief. And it's kind of one of the games that I always point to when people ask me, you know, what more is there to do with video games beyond shooting or slicing stuff up with swords? And I'm like, you can experience stories like What Remains of Edith Finch. And so um, I fully recommend that one six years ago. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Lucy. That's been this week in the way back. Uh, I guess ba back to you, Jake. Thanks, Gerard. <laughs> it's like the weather. Talk to uh, you in the studio. <laughs> As uh, you can see, there's a lot of shit behind me over here. And over here, we've got... Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so that, that's it. That uh, we, we made it another week. Uh, thank you very much to you guys for listening, watching, rating. Thank you to our sponsors for having our back. Uh, thank you to people who submitted questions. We'll get to more of them next mm -hmm. week. Uh, of course, that email is... Contact at friendsposecond.com. Shoot us whatever you want. Uh, we, we'd love to. We'd love to hear you. But what? Shoot, like shoot us questions. Whatever you want. Throw yeah, okay. us questions. questions. Shoot us those questions. User questions. That's right. Those, yeah. those user questions. For our project. Just, just be a good user. Yeah. <laughs> be a good that's user right. for the user. Um, actually, that's got also anything? sorry. Uh, sorry, go uh, ahead. Sorry, that's. Uh, that's also a good shout, actually. We should probably say that we actually have some new help people helping out in the podcast. Oh, yeah. We're yeah. a big shout out. Yes. Um, we have a new editor by the name of Stuart. And uh, I don't know his last name. I should work Kimble. his last name out. Kimball. Kimball. Okay, right. Like Super in, He's joined the podcast. Um, our previous uh, editor, Jake. Uh, he's amazing, fantastic. Love him. Fortunately, he's just very busy at the moment. And he didn't have time to continue helping us out. He's also in Amsterdam right now, too. Is he in Amsterdam? Yeah. God damn, man. Good, Good on him. him. What a, um, Be careful. And we also have a producer for the podcast now. His name is Richard. And uh, yeah, he's joined us to help out because like it's 
a lot to put the show together actually it doesn't seem like it is but between like you know run sheet and guests and sponsors and all sorts of stuff it's actually really helpful to have someone like richard helping us out so um yeah if we ever hear us mention richard or Stuart, then yeah you'll know who they are yeah I did notice so, that when we met up with Richard earlier, he did say, uh, love this project. And I was like, yeah. He did say he loves this project. <laughs> love this project, he doesn't know, baby. He doesn't know the history of that one. So, yeah, he just, that was an innocent little. You know. Oh, was it? Oh, I was like, oh, he's. No, 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 he wasn't. He doesn't see in that episode where we talk. Because the, the background to that, anyone listening, is that we talked about like how NFTs, anytime you, uh, NFT bots will always just call something a project. Like, oh, I'm very excited about this project. And so um, on the podcast, in the comment section, everyone was just like, yeah, love this, love this project. Thumbs up the FPS project. Oh, my gosh. Oh, thanks, guys. So, so we've got our, our iconic catchphrase from Jake, but I think our secondary tagline should be, friends <laughs> per second, I love this project. This project. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm a user I, uh, and I love this project. <laughs> I'm a user and I love this project. The commemorative the- NFTs coming soon. Here's the shit. That's it. So, uh, Ralph, what do you got uh, cooking? What can people expect from you soon? And where I'm going to do my it? Jedi Survivor review. That will actually be up by the time this podcast is up. And um, then I think after that, I'm going to do Redfall, which is going to be fun. Um, I will not be sent a review code for that one, so I'll be <laughs> reviewing it when it's live. And, um, yeah, man, I'm very intrigued. I'm definitely cautious. I'm really hopeful that I can pull it off because they're a studio I really like. I would love it if, uh, but at the same time, I'm also going into it thinking like, oh, I don't know about this one, man. So yeah, kind of a bit nervous about Redfall, to be honest. That'll be sometime next week. Lucy, what about you? So um, there is a bunch of exciting stuff happening on GameSpot week of May 1st that I can't really go into too much detail mm. about. But That's only a couple days from now. I know. <laughs> so if you head over to youtube.com slash GameSpot, you get to see a bunch of cool stuff that we've been working on. Um, and we're all very excited to launch it and kind of get it out there, but I don't want to obviously say too much right now, but May 1st, youtube.com slash GameSpot, and there'll be some stuff on the website too. So please be excited. Gerard? Uh, So last week or last podcast, I said that my E3 history video was out. It wasn't out. It came out a couple days ago. I <laughs> got very far behind with my team. And so now you can watch the complete history of E3 per my perspective. Uh, and that is available to watch right now. Um, I'm going dark this week on my channel for the first time in a long while. So that's that's it feels bad, but also feels kind of good. The reason why is because I'm working currently on my RE4 review. Uh, my uh, Jedi Survivor review. Uh, I maybe might do Dead Island just because I'm enjoying it. Advanced Wars is on my list. By the time I even get to scratching the surface on some of those games, Tears of the Kingdom will be here, and Mm -hmm. and then Summer Games Fest, and then I will just never make a video ever again until (laughs) I come over my my crippling anxiety of I have to complete everything. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, But if you like if you like speed running and if you like Twitch, uh, I am learning how to speed run uh, Shovel Knight. And uh, my goal is to get so good that I can compete and maybe Whoa. get a world record at GDQ next year. So uh, that is my my commitment to my community. And, and I'm going to try my best to do it. Uh, I'm competing in a category called uh, uh, it's 100 uh, percent feet category, which is basically an actual 100 percent completionist playthrough 
of getting all the achievements in the regular Shovel Knight games. It's two playthroughs, a bunch of achievements. Can I do it in less than two and a half hours? That's going to be what I'm going to try and do, baby. So if you like <laughs> speedrunning, come join me on twitch.tv slash the completionist. Otherwise, you guys know where I'm at. What's up? That speedrunning category makes sense for you. Like, I was going to say. Absolutely. Also, when you said 100% feet, I was like, oh, there's a different website <laughs> for that. Feats. <laughs> they call it, for everyone at home, for the clarity, uh, feats are achievements in Shovel Knight. Oh. Uh, as for me, uh, the game ranks before you buy is out for Jedi Survivor. I'm going to be putting more videos out on my channel because I don't talk about Star Wars movies or anything online anymore. I like retired from that because of the discourse <laughs> so i'm excited to just talk star wars so i'm gonna do a video and i have plans to do a spoiler video as well because there's some stuff i want to go in depth on but uh yeah youtube.com slash jake baldino game ranks during the day and that's it so everybody thank you for being here we'll see you not next week but the week after that's how this goes uh thank you for being here tie your shoes and go to bed Bye.